Hey, what's going on, everybody? We're back. California, Cali Death Fest. Uh, yeah, Cali Death Fest. <laughs> <laughs> Cali Sorry, Death so Podcast. Hard, dude. <laughs> nah, dude, let's just leave it in. Fuck it. I've, right. We've been to Cali Death Fest before. They know what's up. Uh, Cali Death Podcast, episode five. Yeah, it's close enough. Maybe we'll do a collab with them in the future when we can fucking do shows again. There you go. Um, episode five, right? Yeah, five. We got Archaic in with us. By the way, I'm Anthony Trapani. Got my resident homies, Casey Howard, Joseph K, and Joel Horner. I was going to try and come up with a different reason why you're here this week, but I didn't have fucking time. I was going to say something like, um, still waiting for an opening at the San Francisco Zoo in the ape department, something like that. I'm glad you didn't go with that. <laughs> no, that's why i didn't but i'm still putting it on the podcast now um all right so here we today uh today we got archaic with us we got uh jared and chance two old school homies uh toured with you guys um i was gonna say the first memory i don't know if joel was with me i don't know if casey was with me in that parking lot but la metal fest you guys were out in the parking lot were, Chance, were you with Jared that day too? Was it both of you guys that I had met? Because I thought I only met two of you guys. Uh, was it what? What? what Mel, Mel, LA, LA Metal Fest. What year was that, guys? Who headlined? Who headlined? I think that? it was like two thousand seven or two thousand six. It was a year that we played uh, with Faceless. Faceless yeah. yeah. Was it Murder was it, Fest? Or I think it was at the Galaxy in uh, Santa Ana. Okay. Was yeah. No, one? I think oh, it was wow. just called LA Metal Fest at the time. Yeah. Yeah, the first time I remember was the Deeds of Flesh shows. Deeds of Flesh, us, and uh, that nuclear blast band. I forget. Uh, I forget their name. But anyways, it was. I that's where I met um, Jared, and I think I met Obi too that night too from uh, Inherit Disease. But I'm talking about. Sure you guys uh, were there. I don't know. We're making shit up now. I don't even know. Like, no, exactly is that what showcase? Show Are you talking about showcase? No, was that some random place in L.A.? Okay. Well, and, no. I I remember Odius did a show or did a fest down in LA yeah. one time. It was just a one-off thing and we were mm -hmm. coming out and we saw these two young or a couple young dudes sitting next to their car, passing out their demos. And it was an archaic demo. What was that called again? Uh, Pearsonic brutality. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. The one uh, you guys did the, uh, was it the, the full, like the nine song? Album? Yeah. I Exist. call it a demo, but really it was like a full length. Yeah. Exit okay. into chaos yeah i still yeah. got it dude. I then that it. was probably that we made that in like what 2008 or so okay. all right so, so that show. was that when you guys that was the first time we met ivan because we met we hung out with you guys at a galaxy theater show that's that's it that would be it then yeah, galaxy theater ivan was playing with us at yeah. the time i think yeah Anna. yeah so that was the first time you met ivan too yeah wow was that our last show that we've done live I don't know, or the Maryland Death Fest. No, that was definitely stuff after that. I think that Galaxy know. was after was, Maryland. That's true. Was it? Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, I can't remember. We, 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 we only did like a couple shows after Cryptic. All right. Yeah, we, so, yeah. So when we met you guys, that was. When we met, yeah. So when I met you guys at that time, you guys had already, what, did uh, a demo or two before that, that release too? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we probably did like three or four demos how old were you guys at that, at time? that time i don't know i'm not good at math 2005 <laughs> i was 18 so 2008 i was like 21 22 oh okay 
So you guys aren't that much younger than us. Yeah, no. I just turned 33, so like... Oh, okay, yeah. They just I'm have 36, so I, yeah, we only got a three-year difference. Cool, dude. Um, so what we've been doing with all these episodes, you know, is, is um, showcasing all the California death metal bands that we've uh, connected with and, and had long lasting relationships. Obviously this one being these two relation, well, relationships with everybody. This has been a long lasting one as well. And um, take it back to the beginning, dude. Let's let's whoever wants to go first, let's see where you guys decided I want to be involved in music and how the path went from there. Yeah, dude. Well, first of all, I got to say like, <clears throat> the 10 year ago me or like the me that met you guys back then would probably be freaking out to be like on a podcast with like guys from <laughs> decrepit birth and and odious mortem like you guys were the bands that we looked up to and you guys were like the cali death metal bands um so like yeah it's cool it's cool just like you know now being on a podcast with you and we've yeah, toured together dude. and like i really all like you guys were like circle aspect of that too yeah, yeah, like we, me and Chance really looked up to you guys' band. So, and um, when we heard that, that was super cool, dude. I mean, it, it still feels really good to hear that when anybody says that, but to see like guys like you who, who really like built something up from the inspiration that you got from us and other people and all that kind of shit, you know, it, it just really, really amazing. Yeah, totally, dude. Yeah. It's, it, and they're still it just going feel really good, still, still going, going hard. Harder yeah. than we yeah. are, you know. Yeah, way harder. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a big night when we met you guys, because like I, I was super into gestational worms, and uh, I was like really into the all the unique leader stuff. Yeah. Um, and like you know, <clears throat> and time begins was like the toppest tier nar shit. And then we went to see I forgot who we went to see, and you guys opened up, and you guys like weren't that much older than us, you know. And I think I had seen you guys a few more, a few times, definitely before the, the Galaxy show. But you no, know, I would see you guys and be like, "Dude, fucking, we could do this!" Like, you know, like Unique Leader was like, uh, you know, like a, a holy grail, grail, yeah. <laughs> yeah but like, yeah. man, like th th those guys like can do it. Like, we could, we could do it too, you know. So when we met you that night too, I remember we were picking your brains. Like, how'd you guys get signed? Like, what'd you guys do? And you guys I mean, were like, it's the same. It's the same thing for us too. And I mean, Unique Leader was the same way for us as well we looked at unique leader like that's the that's the way you're supposed to do it. that's where you want to be in this genre you know and and the way that they're doing it, it it's the way that you should be doing it and it's it, like when you were just saying we're only a little bit older than, it is kind of weird that we're like it, it odious is like in this weird like in between generation almost you know and um but yeah, this isn't about, why am I talking about Odious again, dude? This isn't. <laughs> well, I was throwing it back to you guys and just like, I know. young but, me would be like, whoa, this is crazy. Well, but, dude, uh, that's awesome, dude. And, and we're really fucking happy to have you on, dude, because you guys, I mean, I've spent, a, you know, almost a month out on the road with you guys. We've, we've hung out, you know, more than a handful of times after that. And obviously now we're here today. Like you guys are part of our first handful of episodes for a reason that's that's what we're trying to say you know that's so it's right back at that you dude it's right back at you how did you and chance uh connect i mean well okay yeah me and chance go way back um the first time i remember meeting chance um was like i was in sixth grade and he was in seventh grade and i just got to middle school and it was like the first day of pe or like the first day that we actually like went out and did anything and we were playing kickball 
and uh and i just remember see like first memory of chance he's just like uh kicks the ball hard as fuck then runs around the bases like super fast and then right when he gets to the home base he like kind of stops a little bit and then he jumps and does a front flip and like like lands on his back and slides on to the to the uh to the home base and and the the uh pe teacher is like strickland like right away and i was like that, oh, that dude that sounds like a name that a pe teacher would want to yell strickland yeah <laughs> Um, so, so we met in middle school and, uh, like just started talking and I'm like, oh yeah, I play guitar. And he's like, yeah, I play guitar too. And like, I was into like punk and like Blink-182 and like, it was middle school. So I was like, you know, not really listening to the, oh, I was into like Pennywise and, and kind of like that warp Tour, like punk scene. Cause my, uh, my older cousin got me into it, showed me like, um, what a mosh pit was and like like punk music and stuff and i was like this is cool like i want to get a guitar well i had a guitar i i started playing guitar like in elementary school i guess if you want like i got lessons and like learned how to play a chord or two um but then in middle school i met chance and and uh we just started hanging out because we lived like a few streets down from each other um so i'd bring my guitar over and he he would show me his like cooler metal guitars and I'd be like, whoa, what's that? Like, um, I remember and... at the bus stop, I heard him saying like, yeah, I think I want to get like a Fender Jazzmaster. And I was like, Pigeon and I'm like, oh, this, this kid plays guitar. All right. Like every friend I've ever made, it's always been like through music of some sort, some sort, like, like, oh, you like the same bands or whatever. But I was like, he was, um, I was like, okay, cool. You're going to get a guitar. And then we ended up becoming friends. And then I convinced him to get a seven string because I was like all into corn and Limp Biscuit, and he was like, I think I want to get a Fender Jazz Master. And I was like, you don't want that fucking guitar, dude. You want to get a seven, dude. They're heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, he would come over to my house and I'd show him like riffs. Like I was, I would show, like I was, at that point, I was all into like Corn and Deftones and Tool and like Limp Biscuit. Those were, those were like my big four. And I would show him like how to play Stink Fist, you know, like dong, dong, bang, dong, dong, bang. And um, I'd make him, I'd make him mixtapes like all the time. <laughs> Cause like I had like this the boom box that you could record onto the tape thing from the CD. Perfect. And like, I was always just like slanging mixtapes to all my friends. So I was like, all right, you're going to get a seven string guitar and you're going to start listening to this kind of music. Cause this is the cool shit. <laughs> and so like, I just, I started making them mixtapes of like all the shit that I was into, like Deftones and Tool and the Biscuit and Corn. And uh, yeah, and we just started hanging out and fucking jamming it, jamming around on our little fucking uh, combo amps. Like I'd bring mine to his house and we'd, jump around doing like the West Borland hop <laughs> and then like he'd, he'd bring his to my house and we would just like we would just we would just mess around and we'd like put on blind and then like pretend to play it and like we would watch the, the corn we're, like, we're not ready yeah. but he's like oh, are, you are you ready <laughs> yeah and then we would just be like who could do the sickest like like monkey bounce for like West Borland oh, yeah <laughs> yeah like, what was that whole beginning of life is peachy, that twist remember when that was like the oh i first thing, heard that like, that blew my junior. mind that, that that came out i was like in junior yeah. that was junior you're like, it was like yeah but the we build like, up oh, is so weak dude. dude and then all of a sudden like twist, <laughs> twist. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that juxtaposition you know between like metal scat and then like you know sex appeal or something <laughs> yeah <Bagpipes in> there. 
Bakersfield yeah, totally. sex appeal, bro. Oh, that sounds like that, dude. That's that, that's that, a podcast. We should get corn <laughs> on here. Bakersfield sex appeal. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, Matt, yeah. and this is my co-host. Yeah. Fucking. Or that could be a local band. Yeah, that's good enough yeah, to yeah. be a local band. Anthony, I think we should cover Twist. Like, Twist, it. yeah, dude. <laughs> Bakersfield. Okay, sex I think appeal, pretty dude. much Anthony has to do all the work. We could go dun dun dun. <laughs> corn cover band work. <laughs> so to put this on the map we've had you know deeds kind of by themselves in los osos and uh decrepit in santa cruz uh severed in the bay and uh diego and discord down in san diego so you guys are in inland empire when you're meeting yeah. right like riverside yeah. county riverside county yeah um a little a little gated community called canyon lake like in the middle we were like an hour and 10 minutes north it was kind of a sick place to grow up um because we were like music wise because we were an hour and 10 minutes north of san diego an hour and 10 minutes south of la and then orange county was like 45 minutes over the ortega mountains or you know up the freeway so um like yeah so we did our middle school thing and then i ended up going to high school and like he was in eighth grade and so i you know we didn't we kind of like didn't hang out very much for like a whole year and then um he gets into high school and I'm like a sophomore and he's a freshman and we like reconnect and uh, you know, he still has his seven string. And at this point, like I had got, I would like, I in like eighth grade and then like in ninth grade, I had moved from like new metal, you know, to like Pantera, then Machine Head and Sepultura. And then like my best other best friends, big brother was like a total like metal audiophile. Like was it like on Napster, as soon as you could get on Napster, he would have stacks of like burnt CDs. And then he would get those those Metal Blade and uh, all the other catalogs, the Nuclear Bass catalogs. And then he would just have stacks of CDs because he worked at like at a pizza place. So and you know, he was only like, he was probably like, when I, we were like 11 or 12, he was probably 17 or 18, but he had all this disposable income. And he would have these stacks of fucking death metal CDs that were the craziest shit and these big speakers. So me and my buddy would go play video games in this room while we fucking listening to like Morbid Angel. And like the first time I ever heard um, To Dream of Ur from Black, Black, and Black Seeds of Vengeance, yeah. that blew my mind. And I remember the first time like, I was listening to something I wasn't too into. And then all of a sudden the CD changed. He had this like 50 disc CD changer. So it would stop and do the and there'd be that silence where we're playing video games. I wonder what's going to come on next. And when's the creation started? And he had these yeah. big KLH speakers with like these 15s. And it was just like, and that shit fucking blew my mind. So I was into death metal at this point. And Jared gets into high school and I was like, dude, he's like, I'm like, death metal, man. You got to start listening to death metal. And Jared's like, huh? And, you know? And, yeah. Like I didn't, I, I kind of, I think everybody for the first time they listen to like death metal, like they're kind of like, it's not like they're going to immediately like oh this is the best shit ever like it is a you have to build a taste for it like mm-hmm. um and especially when you're younger and like maybe i don't know it was kind of different back then because there wasn't like infinite streams of music like shoved in your face all the time like you know it was like you kind of had to discover stuff in cd format and so you like listen to this and you're like like at first i wasn't really a huge fan of the vocals i was like the music's cool but like I don't know, like those vocals, like it's doesn't even sound like anything, you know. And uh, yeah, and then what they're saying, yeah, yeah. And 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 it was like it was like Nile and Dying Fetus that like I was first intro- introduced to for like the brutal death metal, and they've got the gnarliest like brutal death metal vocals. And um, but then like I found Suffocation and uh, 
like some other death metal band or Opeth, you know, where their vocalists are a little bit more, um, I don't know, like yeah. more. You can Opeth kind of like Opeth kind of eases you into the growling because it's got the singing yeah. too, so you can kind of catch on. You can find the catchiness in the singing, yeah. And then you're yeah. like, well, then the growl kind of works there. It kind of works. So it slowly like gets you. For, they didn't really have the burpee for vocals, me, suffocations vocals. They were like really brutal, but like yeah. Then, it had like yeah. texture. It wasn't like you know, on, on like destroy the opposition or what's that? What's the dying fetus album that has like pissing in the mainstream on it? Like dar, dar, destroying dar. the opposition. Yeah, just like you know, there's parts on there that really sounds like he's burping. Like you know, like mm -hmm. for a while you'd be like, oh, you listen to death metal? I'm like, no, I don't like that burp metal mm -hmm. shit. So <laughs> burp or like or you listen to like old Cryptopsy and like Lord Worm is just not even given a fuck over the whole album. Like yeah, 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 you know? yeah. 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 That's, uh, what so, that's what I love about it too. It, yes. Now I love it so much, but like yeah. when the first time I heard None So Vile, I was like, whoa, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, drummer totally, is yeah, sick, yeah. but the vocalist, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there were some parts on None So Vile where like, dude, he screams for like a minute and 30 seconds. You're like, that's sick. Um, he eats but worms. Like, he eats worms live too. We got to see yeah. him live yeah, at the pound, dude. And he really eats worms and he's an old man. He was man. trying to feed me a worm and I was like, that. nope. Not happening. <laughs> we got to we got to play with them. Um, Decrepit played with them like one of those last shows before, like with Lord Worm. Yep, I was um, definitely the there. That was amazing. He was feeding worms to the fans, yep. dude. Worm, Out of like a man. goblet kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. I remember that. I remember that last. Like he came back because they had they had Mike DeSalvo um, for like the um, and, and then, then you'll beg. Yeah. 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 I really I just, like that too. Like that. Yeah. Like the first bands when I started getting to death metal, my my. You know, I was like in eighth grade. And so I went to first, like the, his big brother would be like, don't touch my shit and don't come in my room. And we were like, oh, but we'd skip school while, because he, he was at, at college or whatever. And we'd sneak into his room and we'd like, okay. And we'd, we'd like, we'd, we'd pick CDs and like buy band names and album covers. And then we'd sneak into Mason's room, my buddy, and we would just listen to those albums. And we're like, oh, we got to put them back perfectly. And we would write down the one we'd, we'd want to check out. And then we'd, we'd fucking, we'd, we'd, we'd put them back. And then we'd go ask him like, hey, uh, have you ever heard of this band? And he's like, uh, yeah, because he would give us those ca those catalogs and be like, you can read these catalogs, I'm done. So we'd go in and act like we you know, hadn't been in his room. Like, hey, have you heard of this band and this album? We read about it, like, could you show it to us? And he'd be like, yeah, that's a fucking sick album. And then he'd be like, well, can you burn it for us? And like, yeah. So we'd, we would, that's what we'd do, we'd sneak into his room. And so I remember the first time I got into Death Metal, I was like, hey, can you give me all the stuff that's like not satanic? Because it's like, that's scary. So he's like, all right, here's, here's, here's Destroy the Opposition because it's political. Here's Opeth, you know uh and uh what else did he give me he gave me uh none so vile because he's like this is it's not satanic it's just weird um and those were like the three albums that were oh and nile because and i was super into nile yeah nile had the whole they had the whole egyptian um like mythos yeah. I was like that's dope and they had um Nile was my first favorite death metal man because not only did they have the egyptian thing yeah but they had too, dude. musically yeah like, this is cool like i would listen to death metal and my parent mom would come in my room and be like what is what is this you know but yeah. i would have nile on it and she'd be like all right that's kind of neat and then it'd be like and she'd be like oh i never mind right. but like you know the only thing like i listened to without like weirding out everyone else in my house you know when i'd be bumping my tunes um yeah were you like but, reading the the liner notes of the nile albums and like yeah. reading out on it same here yeah i was he just did his like research obsessed. man like every song was and just like, like yeah carl has like the explanation next to the the, like, the lyrics it was just 
something to nerd out to for sure. Yeah, it was cool. There was a lot to get into. Um, and then once you kind of get an ear for it and like after a while, I kind of didn't give a shit what the lyrical themes were. So I was like, ah, I like the music. Like a lot of the stuff that they're singing about, even if they're not satanic, it's still kind of goofy. So like, I can't really understand what they're saying. So I'm just going to just cut the music's dope. And I already got, I don't mind the vocals anymore. So then like Suffocation was the next band that like, I, you know, I never really got into Cannibal Corpse until after the fact, you know, because, you know, Suffocation does the gore, like murder shit, but they didn't do it in a corny way. You know, it was, it was like fucking like, Pissed. like pissed yeah and like, yeah, yeah. like those like uh his vocals were fucking brutal they sounded like yeah. they actually sounded well, sick. he sounded because because uh frank had like a yell to his vocals like it was less burping more like yelling and it was like pissed kind of yelling and it was like in like i you know could be wrong but it sounded like in key with the music like it really blended along with whatever like notes they were playing with guitar. So it was this huge sure. wall of sound. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, I can't explain how, but I, I see, I hear what you're saying. And Gilbert has mentioned that to me too. He's like, Frank actually growls in key. Yeah. And that's why it's so appealing to hear Frank do it. Yeah. Interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah, dude, totally. Just to, to like add yeah for, for like pierce them within you know yeah like you know that for like well, everyone well, is kind of like the you know like the you know the golden egg like album and stuff yeah, yeah like yeah. that like vocally like what you're talking about for sure you know like like i was kind of like when i first heard death metal like i heard like even like effigy and other stuff and i was like cool man it's crazy but it, it just sounded so like intense for me like when i wasn't used to it yet you know and i was like used to tool and stuff like you know and singing and stuff and then what like when I heard Pearson within, I was just like, all right, dude, I'm sold like completely. Like that's all right. That's you totally. Nailed. Yeah. Effigy kind of had the sound quality didn't, that didn't really catch me. Um, yeah. That but the vocals, too, had, though, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. even though it's so, I mean, I love Eff It's like one of the best albums ever. I've had. always it's loved style productions though. And my first yeah. song by Suffo was it the, <sighs> What's the one that they redid for Effigy, but it was on uh, Human Waste? Oh, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they, so they, I heard that on a relapse uh, compilation, dude, and it was the Human Waste version, and it was just so dirty, but it was just like, oh, Yeah. The other like, thing yeah. about Suffo shit, too, is was there was, like, iconic vocal moments, you know? Like, yeah. God, oh, yeah, 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 it's like the yeah. it gets the whole crowd chanting, even like a brutal death metal band doing that, you know. Yeah, like, a lot of the a lot of the death metal shit is just like it's so fast, it's like by you, and you're like you're just like there's the crazy factor, but there's not like a fucking thing that sticks with you. But like Suffocation had like iconic songwriting, you know, which was yeah. like coming from like I was all, yeah. super huge into like Pantera, you know. I mean, just like stuff that sticks with you, you know, like like you know like and like like catchiness, you know, like a good riff that you can hum, which is like. It might sound crazy, but that's why I fell in love with None So Vile, because that, like, like the vocals might be a little ultra left field, but, like, you can listen to the None So Vile album and be, like, humming those riffs after. Like, it was catchy. Totally. Mm -hmm. And, yep. like, that's what stuck with me, too. Like, I really got, we got into Dying Fetus a lot because those riffs and those, like, those, those fucking groove riffs and those breakdown riffs were just fucking catchy. And, like, that's what always appealed to me, too, like, was the wow factor, of course, because you would show people and they'd be like, what the fuck? And you're like, yeah, listen to the drummer. But, like, also, bitch and songwriting was like a, always a, like a big deal for me, <clears throat> and so like totally. that's why there was like a handful of bands that like were mine and Jared's shit, you know, Spawn of Possession, Dying Fetus, Suffocation, um, and then like um, other like the Swedish thrash stuff and the Swedish speed metal shit like Soilwork, Carnal yep. Forge, 
Mm-hmm. Um, those were really cool too. And I think those had a big influence on archaic really early on too. And like Vader, like the, the, the more like the speed thrash stuff. Cause it seemed more of like something that like I could pull off like guitar wise. That's how archaic really started. So, but yeah, it's like, so like influences aside, Oh, Darkane was a huge influence on fucking early archaic for sure. That's where we got our name. Cause like me and Jared were like jamming around and I was out to breakfast with my parents and my mom was like, what are you going to name the band? And I was like, well, I don't know. And she's like, well, what are your favorite bands? Just do something like that. And I was like, well, I really like the name, um, you know, Darkane. That's a cool name. And she's like, well, what about, what about Darkaic? And I was like, ah, oh, that sounds too much like um, Darkane. But what about Archaic? That's a cool word. And my mom was like, yeah, I think that's actually a real word too. And I was like, oh, but what's it mean? You know, so I went home and this is before like, internet on the cell phones you know like i went home and i googled archaic and it's like old and ancient and i was like oh that sounds like super neat like that's cool like you could go somewhere with that like thematically so me and jared were like i was a junior and at this point i think he was a sophomore when we really got serious so we're like all right we're gonna start a band and we're gonna do this shit and we're gonna start a metal band and it's gonna be the sixth band ever and and then so we get like all right we got to find a drummer so like one of our good buddies at the time was his parents were like had a really really successful they still do landscaping business so like they were like you know super well off and like usually like really cool kids like they're still our good friends to this day um but you know he was like my buddy in weights and we were i was getting him into metal too and i was like all right other friend of mine you you get drums You'll be <laughs> yeah because he was like the one friend of ours that we could one convince to play drums for us because we couldn't we didn't know any like drummers that were into metal and then two could like in a, afford a drum set. Yeah. <laughs> um, was also into the stuff that we were into too, you know, cause like, you know, yeah. and cause we would hang out at his house and we'd be showing him bands and he was all into Slayer, you know, and, and Pantera and shit. So we all vibed on music. So we were like, Hey dude, get a drum set. And he's like, okay, sure. So, and uh, his, uh, he ended up getting like the, a Pearl export, like a black Pearl export kit. And uh, oh, yeah. he had like a super, like his house is super big and he had this, fucking weight room that we could jam in so it was he was like all right cool not only does he have the drum spot he's got the spot to jam in so we started jamming in his uh in his weight room and uh before we even had a drummer though like i would i would write riffs and i would show them to jared and and, you know i'd be like jared you should write some riffs too and so we would like write riffs and this is how we got our songwriting process because i'd write a riff and um this is kind of like, it, I guess it's more of a foreshadowing, but it's why I ended up sucking at guitar way later. And like, I, I don't play guitar for Archaic anymore, even though I still collab with them. But like, instead of being one of those persons that I should have been and sitting down and learning all the songs that I liked to play, I would be like, that's a sick world song. I want to write my own version of that. So I would fucking, I would just by ear figure out how to do what it sounded like while also like totally like in like instilling and reinstilling god awful technique and picking technique. But like, <laughs> But like I would like I would just I would write riffs that sound like the riffs I'd like, and then I'd be I'd name them, and then I'd put them in order, and I'd be like, all right, Jared, I got that riff, and then you know it'd be like Spawn riff, and then Suffo chug, and then dude, that's exactly how we did it too. Yeah, Can't remember so like, name I, it all the name it by the band it sounded like. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I would have like little I had a little fucking like a little diary that I would write like like poetry in and draw like my fucking you know west borland characters on too and like so i would be showing i'd be writing lyrics in it too you know i'd be in the middle like of fucking like english class being like like writing lyrics like figuring out what it was that how we wanted to do our thing too because we didn't want to be like satanic we weren't like all into partying and heavy metal and we you know weren't into gore so i was like how are we gonna like like what are we gonna sing about you know and i was really into soil work uh because their lyrics were super cool and abstract 
Um, What's your favorite also, soil work album? What? What's your favorite soil work album? Oh man, all oh, the first steel like, bath? three big three uh, steel bath. Paradise Portrait was my first one, so that yeah. was like um, at Chain Heart Machine. Is that mm-hmm. that one? Steel yep. bath. Uh, it's gonna be first. It's Predators, then um, then Steel Bath Suicide, then Chain Heart. But I really love Natural Born Chaos. That's a that was yeah, me my too. favorite. Me too. One. I love that one too. Yeah, yeah. so good. But they kind of went a little bit more popular at that age, but still, I liked it. I like it was more was, like dialed in well, production wise, like well, that. Here's uh, the thing: as like we speak and stuff. All of it. They, yep. I, I think that probably Chance was the same way, but like I liked when bands could be metal or death metal, but they could also be like writing songs and and even catchy and like something that you could kind of sing in your head or something that sticks. Um, so I think like that's kind of why we liked soil work and stuff because it, it was like it's catchy stuff and it was like metal and pretty extreme for us at the time. Um, so yeah, that and was that was a big influence. Yeah, for sure. And then lyrically, like Bjorn's lyrics, especially in like those those older days, they were like gnarly and they were like brutal, but they were also really abstract. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? A cryptic. It wasn't like I'm good, like she doesn't know who I am. All she knows is that I love to kill face down, dead on the ground. Like that's just <laughs> the point as it gets. And then you got Frank who's like, you know, like I proceeded to hack several <laughs> more times. <laughs> the pile of flesh now runs before me. <laughs> like my favorite all time <laughs> suffocation song. Every time they would play that, the whole floor would turn into a pit. But like, that's not what we were trying to do. So I drew a lot of inspiration from Soil Work and Darkane too. Darkane was like a lot of those Swedish bands like knew how to be like cryptic and like, you know, um, like, poetic but like also brutal you know what i mean like the bastard chain or um what was it um needle feast like that's crazy like the whole that's i was like that was the coolest name for a song ever needle feast you know and it was like it wasn't about like i'm feeding i'm torturing somebody and feeding them needles it was all this really poetic shit about like like pain and just cryptic shit that just was dope poetry and i was like always into like writing poems and like really into like before i got into metal i was like i like my other favorite bands were like smashing pumpkins and like Soundgarden. And like, I was like always reading lyrics and always reading like liner notes. And so I love Smashing Pumpkins lyrics, especially like Melancholy and Infinite Sadness. There's like some really cool stuff there, you know? Um, and Soundgarden's lyrics were always kind of cool and kind of cryptic, but also, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you could kind of tell that there was a theme like super unknown, like a lot of those songs were really cool. Um, and I think that's where like my love of like good songwriting too, you know what I mean? Like, like Jared said, I loved like, wow factor music and i liked like shit that was brutal and got and gave you an adrenaline rush but i also really liked music that was well written you know what i mean like my mom was a huge audiophile and like had the first five like 500 disc cd changer and had like a vinyl collection that she had had since she was in high school and like introduced me to all kinds of music when i was a kid like like showed me black sabbaths for the first time like led zeppelin like michael jackson like into everything like like i gotta give my mom mad props one for being the first archaic teen mom uh but also oh, yeah. like instilling in me like the love of music that i have because you guys remember those bmg or those bmg like record things where it was like it was like a penny for a cd and like columbia house yeah yeah yeah. dude my mom would game those all the time she would do the penny for a cd and or and get 10 cds or whatever it was and then she would cancel and then she would just sign up again and like she would just have stacks of cds and like me and her would just sit down (laughs) and read those fucking uh those 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 brochures of all the bands and their little things and and pick cool bands and you know always like oh that's a cool band on the on, on the radio you know and like and then we i would show my mom stuff i was like mom get bush you know and like you know get get this nirvana album and she would be getting like uh you know 
all the all the albums that she had on vinyl that she wanted to listen to on CD. So she was showing me Yes and Tangerine Dream and mm. and um, just like anything you could think of, you know, and Depeche Mode, oh, yeah. um, all the Pink Floyd stuff, and, and like she was really into like New Age, like uh, cool ambient stuff. So not to go on too much of a side about my mom, but anyway, <laughs> that's all good. I was just gonna say, friend. yeah, like so yeah. this you, you were into all this, you were getting pummeled with all this stuff and you're deciding to make music you got jared with you yeah so you guys start writing music together yeah. and and how many songs did you guys write before that that first full length that i got oh dude we had like three uh ep demos that we had so we got together and we found a bass player this other kid named dylan and so we wrote like four songs right we had four songs we had like blood red sand um and then like that's the only one i can remember so r.i.p.b which was our friend that died. So it was rest in peace, Brett. And like two other songs uh, that might've been called Lurker in the Twilight, which I would rip off song titles from other bands' lyrics. So that was a big should let We should let the people know that like at this time, I was just like guitar player too. Oh yeah, he wasn't even a singer. I wasn't singing vocals. Like, Did you have a vocalist? Doing... Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. well, that's a, like, that's a, a whole nother thing that, that we can talk about. But we, we at like in the beginning of the band, we didn't have a vocalist. Like we were just writing riffs and like putting together songs and stuff. And then like the first demo that we did was actually, it was that five song pure, pure sonic brutality demo. And we did it in some guys like living room with one of those like recorder boxes that you plug eight mics into. That we met from in and out. Like somehow someone's like, you should talk to my homie from in and out. I think it was somebody we knew worked in in and out. And he's like, dude, my homie's like trying to start like a, like a studio like he'll probably record you for cheap and we're like fuck yeah and so yeah it was that dude yeah and and uh we didn't have a vocalist then and like me and you literally did the vocals for that yeah and we, like didn't know what we were doing we were just like kind of going yeah. <laughs> and like, can, we, can we double that like three or four more times so <laughs> <laughs> but we so, learned a lot man we started recording really early which i think was a very good thing for us as yeah like, as artists and figuring out that whole process like the minute we had five songs and i think we hadn't it was like we were still in high school like uh when we did at least two demos yeah yeah so we did that demo and it came out cool and we were like like super stoked on that and then um and then we wrote a, bu- a couple other songs and uh and we're so like, at this we're point, like it's time to get a uh better sounding like that demo that first demo sounds like garbage yeah to be honest like we thought it was really super cool at the time yeah because we actually did something like put our stuff on and you listen back you're like whoa i'm listening to myself i know the first time you hear yourself recorded it's it's a life-changing thing it's like you yeah you you definitely think you sound i don't know you you think you sound better than you actually probably do because you're like (laughs) you've never you're like okay we're keeping beat everything's like like oh damn that sounds sicker than i thought right there and like it's like that like opens up the whole world of wanting to actually be in a band that first time you hear yourself recorded you're like what mm-hmm. the fuck we're a band dude yeah. we're, a, we're a fucking yeah. band right now <laughs> like, yeah, there's like no feeling than actually writing the songs and then actually hearing them back to you and like yep me and jared were super into like the pantera home videos and the corn yep. home video like who then now me too me too uh, but there's you know there's a lot of studio footage in a lot of those things so we were like we were like i remember being stoked of like yeah i got like like ideas like i want to like i want to double track all the guitars and jerry we gotta we gotta like we gotta like stack you know like we gotta make it sound thick and like you know we get in there and the guy's like oh you don't need to do all that like you know and (laughs) and then we try we started actually trying to do it and it was really hard to do that you know i remember going like i'm gonna gonna double each guitar because i was like the only guitar player 
And then I was like, this takes, that's hard to do that make it sound good. Like maybe I'm just going to, he's like, well, I could actually just record one guitar and then pan it to the other thing and then like delay it a little bit. So it sounds like two guitars. <laughs> totally <laughs> <was> wrong like, <laughs> technique to do. And I was like, yeah, let's do that instead. Cause like doubling, it's like, that's a lot of work. <laughs> it's copy like and paste. Metal cheaters, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Originators of it. So and it was like, this demo. was like, this was like thrash ish. It was like barely death metal. And then, yeah. and we were just basically, we spent a couple years making demos and trying to find musicians that like were decent and like would show up to practice. Cause we like, once we got the drummer, the first drummer, Matt, and uh, like we started to jam together and like that we kind of, I remember we did our, like the first show I ever played was actually at my brother's house in his front yard in this like, like in this like poor city that he lived in. And, um, and I was just doing vocals. Like I did some guitar. We didn't have any real songs. We like literally ad-libbing. And then I like got on the, on the mic and I was like, and then, uh, (laughs) then I was like, I kind of like that. Like maybe I could do this. Well, and what then, happened uh, was the the singer that we got because we made another demo, right? Didn't that Greg was on, right? Oh, it was Greg, yeah. yeah. And then so we found was, a singer. We found a singer, and he was down for it for like the a little bit. And then when it came to play the first show, he like backed out. Was like, actually, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this. And so we're like, well, fuck, we gotta play this show. Like, all the cute girls from high school are like here. Like, we gotta be cool. <laughs> and so Jared's like, fuck it, I'll do it. Um, Definitely. Yeah, and then and then we we like did that for like high school, and um, we kind of like got some we met like we would just meet random people at Guitar Center and be like, hey, you want to be in our band? Like, I saw you do yeah. a sweep. Like, that's exactly <laughs> what we're looking for. You're hired. Yeah. Oh, that's funny story. That's how we met Craig originally. But I think another we'll get to that point. I think another important part of the story that was like we the Showcase Theater. We owe a lot to the Showcase Theater for several reasons. But one of the reasons was they had this thing called the Showcase Showdown every year, and it was a battle of the bands. And if you won the battle of the bands, you won 500 bucks. And uh, so we did our first Showcase Showdown and got everyone we knew from our high school, like sold a, sold a shit ton of those tickets. Like, I think we even bought a bunch of them because we're like, we're just like, we're going all in on this. But we, and we got like all our friends and we ended up winning that, we, uh, that, that Showcase Showdown. And it was, we probably sounded god awful and terrible. Um, but with, and that was with Matt, but we got 500 bucks. So with that 500 bucks, we invested in a carbon PA. So once we had that PA, we had moved out of our buddy's, um, uh, out of our drummer's weight room because his dad's like, get this shit the fuck out of here. Like, I want to work out. And then we moved into my garage and then we played in my garage for like a month, but we kept get, getting the, like the security called on us. So finally, at th- this point, like, I th- like think like my like i think my mom had moved out for like like other reasons because that was her computer room oh no she moved her computer room into the kitchen uh and so we we moved into my mom my my sister's old room and then became a mom's computer room but she moved her shit into the kitchen and we ended up just destroying that room like his his brother worked construction and just gave us all this carpet and we just nailed all this old carpet to the fucking wall and <laughs> layers like, layers Damn. of carpet layers uh, and so that was our jam room and that became the incubator for archaic for a decade plus at that point so then we got the pa for that room so then we had a legit pa so we could practice we would mic the kick you know we, you could hear the, the vocals and me and jared would literally go into that room after school and we would just sit there for hours like god bless my parents for like for like like every day all the time for like five hours straight we would just be in that room jamming like hey jared you play drums i'll play guitar yep. all right oh you play guitar i'll play drums and like literally would just sit there and jam 
And that's why we got we would constantly be able to uh, write new music to do demos because we would just write music in that room, you know, and being like, all right, shuffle riff, spawn tra transition, do 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 do. Um, so so then, so then, fast forward to that that first full length that I got from you guys. Jared's also on drums. Yes. Um, so well, that's the thing. The fuck that? <clears throat> that's the thing. The first drummer guy um, just kind of like lost interest, and we were like, oh, we got to find somebody new now. This sucks. Um, but we found another guy that we heard played drums and was into metal. So he joined the band, um, this guy, Jimmy. And uh, that was Nick. Oh, it was Nick. Yeah. But that was like for a month. We had like, you know, we were just trying to get anybody to play, anybody, to be yeah. honest. We're, into metal. We'll we're like, we'll teach you how to do double bass. We'll coach you how to play blast beats. Like, we barely know how to do it, but we'll tell you how to do it. Come and to my room and for three hours, we'll yell at you to get it perfect. <laughs> yeah. Like we will drop like you as much as you want to sit in that hot fucking room that smells like dip spit and fucking spilled soda. Like if you want to get good, hang out with us. Like that was our, we were like, that was basically our selling point. You know, I'm like, guessing one of you guys did the metal archives page for archaic. Cause all these names you're throwing out are like right here on the, on the page. I never, no. No, I've never, really? I don't know how people Dude, know. I'm seeing Nick. Vaudry, Matt Audrey, Whiting, Matt just a guy, Wyatt. Jimmy. Jimmy yeah. Harris, rest all in these, peace. All these dudes are just here on this page. Like someone, someone went deep into it. So someone knows. Yeah, big yeah. ups to them, whoever that was. But yeah, yeah, like it, we, we just, all of that high school and then like a couple years out of high school is just like trying to find members who like were into metal and like would be dedicated and practice. And we were like, we would practice like Tuesday and Thursday and uh, like the drummer wouldn't show up. So like I'd get on drums and like play for a little bit and then we'd switch and we kind of like, just because like the drummer didn't show up. And then like, we, we, then we got like another drummer that like, wasn't like, we, we couldn't find a drummer that like stuck around and that would be like devoted to becoming like a real death metal drummer. And so I was like, screw it. I'm going to buy a drum set um, and be the drummer. I was all, it'll just, that'll solve the problem if I just be the drummer. And cause I'd already been playing some drums and I kind of do decent double bass and stuff. So I like took it up full time. I was like practicing double bass all the time. And like, I'm going to actually be a drummer. And, uh, and yeah. And then we had to find a vocalist. And so that actually turned out to be harder than we thought. Cause we're like, anybody can scream. Right. And like, that was hard, harder. And we, we, like had a guy and then we didn't and then um and yeah so I played the drums for a while and then like I also sung on a couple of the demos because we didn't have a singer but we did have a drummer and I was playing guitar and we we would write songs and then go to the studio called Love Juice in Riverside oh remember we, no before Love Juice there was Danny's house remember and this is where yeah you, but you were like we were this, Greg was this is the Second time, Greg was like, oh, I'm going to come back and do the demo. And then he he, he backed out oh, again. Yeah. And that's when you're like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm going to do it. I think I could pull it off. And I, I did some backing vocals. But that's when we were like, yo, like, you actually sound good. Like, and at this point, we had already done, like, a demo or two before this one. So we kind of had some experience. We kind of knew, like, how we wanted to do what we wanted to do. We knew about, like, double tracking cool parts and stuff. And when we did that um, that demo at Danny's house, that's when we kind of realized, like, Jared could definitely be the singer. So that's when we were kind of like, all right, Jared could be the singer. But then you were like, if I play drums, like that'd be cool. Cause if we ever need a drummer, I could play drums. But if we ever have a drummer, like one of the things with a couple of our drummers that was a pain in the ass is they were down to play drums, but they didn't have a drum set. 
Uh, you know what I mean? Like, um, like Jimmy, he was borrowing his drum set from a church or something. And Nick Beaudry, like, was using Matt Whiting's for a little bit. Matt wanted it back. So we had to wait like three weeks for his parents to buy him one. And not having a drummer that didn't have a drum set was also a, 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 the bane of our existence. So Jared <laughs> was like, if I, if I just own the drum set, if we ever get another drummer, he can just right. come and practice on this set. Right, like, yeah. And I was like, I'll just, yeah, like if the drum set is what we need to make this shit happen, I'll get one. And then yeah. like, and then and I'll learn drums just in case. And, you know, like I liked playing drums from playing our drummers who didn't show up drum sets. Um, so, so yeah, like that, that demo that we gave you, or it was like a attempt at a full album. Yeah. That we did like, in three days. Yeah. It was like a package deal, like three days in the studio and like a hundred, um, uh, like jewel cases with artwork. Like you give us the artwork and like after the three days we print you the CDs and you have an album. Yeah. Like, what? Cool. So we, that's what that was. And that was when I, we, didn't have a drummer or um or a vocalist so i did both and um and, and did, i like, was kind of live with you on drums and vocals and you're like oh dude oh yeah like we booked a show when we like when i was like when we didn't have a drummer or a vocalist or i was doing both <laughs> or whatever um so so i remember playing drums and like getting so fatigued and that i like you know like have you ever like worked out or like ran so much that you like almost want to throw up like you're gonna oh, throw yeah. up because you're so out of breath and yep. that's I remember like playing and like oh my god I'm gonna throw up and I'm trying to sing while I'm like playing these songs <laughs> and I'm like what did <laughs> that was the last time I ever did that yeah you're like I gotta <laughs> pick one man I gotta pick one and I think the other thing you were like if I'm singer I don't have to fucking unload a drum set all the time like, yeah. <laughs> so is that what you guys got signed to Unique Leader on was that no, album no no, no. That's no? A, that's a little bit before that but before dinkies i just want to give a shout out to love juice labs because they we recorded two demos at love juice labs and that was a good learning experience metal dan remember metal dan yep we there was a, a local death metal band from la called gatekeeper and we heard their demo on myspace um and we we're like that sounds sick like this sounds good like we're like their we record, this guy that's how good our stuff's gonna sound uh and so we did uh i think one demo that we're like ah we should come back and do a better one and then we did the divine manifestation demo with jimmy that had yeah. some um, songs that were on that existential chaos cd so then we were like well we want to try something else from love other than love juice because it was there was also weird shit with money and they were like it was just a weird it was ran out of someone's house and there was a bunch of weird shady stuff that we were like um let's see what else is out there and this place had just opened up in corona uh called dinkies um and we went there and met the guy and he's like, yeah, I got a package deal. However much it was, 380 bucks. You record, uh, you get three days of six hour sessions or whatever. And then we'll, we'll print you like a hundred jewel case CDs. Like Jared said, and we're like, what, what a deal. We record a whole album ourselves with everything and put, and then submit that to labels. They're like, this band does it all. We should definitely yeah. Like we could give these, we could give this CD to a label and get signed. Like that's what, that's what they want. Yeah. yeah. Like these guys, we don't have to teach them anything. So we did that. We recorded the whole album in fucking three days. Um, and uh, I just checked it out. It sounds kind of sick still. Like it's on yeah. YouTube. It's pretty sick. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. It's listenable. It's, it's pretty good. It's all right. right. The, the drums are like sloppy. They're not like, there was no click that we recorded to. Yeah. And like, there's no, uh, like, I didn't have good drum technique for death metal, which is eventually why I was just like, I'm never. It, I would have to like practice for eight solid years, like every week, all the time to get to the level that we need, which was like, like at this point we had heard of decrepit birth and yes. severed savior and stuff. And we're like, 
we were like trying to be Casey Howard. Like I was like, I, I, you know, I would like watch your, um, your those YouTube videos. videos. All those YouTube videos. It just looks like your drumsticks are floating. And like, I think you had a fan, like we would watch those videos all the time. Yeah. And Same so we're here. like, that's the drummer. That's the kind of drummer that we want. Yeah. And so, and would we would like show that to people and be like, can you play can you like this? that? <laughs> Obviously like not. Um, but we did find, uh, we did find a drummer that lived in the city over that was like into origin and we're like, nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. So he's all into John, oh. John Longstreth. Ryan. Well, yeah. Yeah. Remember? Okay, and so is that, yeah. okay. So I just want to move it into the getting signed to unique yeah, leader. Sorry. So sorry. this is, this is right before that. So yeah. by this the way, is when we started is to go better than me. <laughs> well, debatable. No. Yeah, I mean, oh, different styles, I think. I'm just saying. He's about, only, he's about only faster than I'm you, just, I think. I'm just saying he's a That's the only thing that says, like, his speed is, like, the I thing. I don't know, dude. I think in every way, he's better than me. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. long, dude, I don't know, man. He's I don't even know. one of my favorites. You guys like, are both sick in your own way. I don't know. He's yeah, you guys like, are different. Oh, he's, you guys yeah, are definitely you different. You can't compare. It's not even I, close for me. No, I'm, not, I'm just saying you guys are two totally different styles, so I wouldn't even, like. And he's better. <laughs> he probably plays would like fast John's death like metal more, more than better, you do now like a lot better <laughs> with would like Callias and Longstreth be more of a like a oh they're both yeah you go head to head they're, yeah but they also like oh, they have such so different amazing. styles like Callias has yeah, like a, totally. he's like a very like he it was, so like he sick. knows his basics not that that Longstreth doesn't but it's a very like really sick rudimentary like like I don't know like he took a yeah. it's got he's got like his rudiments down and Longstreth is like it's almost it's, he's got like I don't even know how to describe his style, but it's Dude, he is he's like all spicy though. He always he's so comfortable. <laughs> yeah, he's like so spicy. comfortable. Yeah. Like I remember like there was a time that we were sitting behind him at uh we did a House of Blues in Vegas and he was like playing. It was, it was awesome show, Summer Slaughter show, and he's just going nuts like a million miles an hour. And then he, I just I'm standing behind him and he just he's got his double bass going like and he's all fuck yeah. and he gets his drumsticks and he throws them on the ground and his double bass is still going. <laughs> yeah, he just yeah. slowly grabs his other drumsticks and he's like, All right. <laughs> <laughs> just goes right back into it. I'm like, I've never seen that much calmness of like, a, like something messed. He messed something up and decided to throw his drumsticks. Like, fuck, goddamn it! Like while he's doing like 280 double kick, like 16 notes. Like, just like grabs, it. yeah, no, yeah. dude. He's first of all, John is a fucking rad dude. First of all, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and dude, that guy, I've I've always looked up to him so much, and I've seen him play a million times, and he's so great. But dude, like e even the way he sets up his kit is like rad. You're like, damn, this guy shreds just by like yeah. the way he sets it up. You're like, and his <laughs> technique was like really yeah. different. Oh, so yeah, good. like super yeah. left field, but and just yeah. so fast. Like, and that's he, like, what started those doubles, right? Didn't he? he was like the first one to be doing I, yeah. those doubles. I mean, that's, I what, so. that's what I remember. But whatever. Yeah. Didn't he have yeah. like a like? <laughs> I always I remember say when that. When we played with him in did we play with him or no in Illinois, right? And uh, 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 oh. St. Louis, St. Louis. With, with all the hurricanes. Or, yeah, or that was St. Louis. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I said tornadoes. Illinois because they were we were competing with the, the power was out official Illinois Metal Fest, which was oh, not yeah. that far away. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the power went out. I know that the promoter didn't show up. But we're backstage at that place. Uh, I, I remember looking at his pedals. They looked like twice as long as everybody else's. I don't know what yeah. that means or if that's is that like a normal long boards. Thing? Yeah, that's yeah, what they're, they're called, called long, long boards. boards. So yeah. what does that do? What is what makes it? What are them being longer? It's like if you're sitting you further back, you can like get like an approach. So like the Troy style where he, he goes on his heels. That's a good for like 
on your heels it all depends like where you're pressing on the pedal like like a center as, of gravity, as you're maybe. like you know your fulcrum or like pivot point so like if yeah. that's like usually like like mid up the pedal like or a little bit more so like if you're a big dude like and you're playing the axis a's for example if you're comparing longboards like like for me i like the a's because i'm not that tall i'm like five nine five ten you know um and so for me like that's the right size but if you're like i i think they i mean i'm not sure if this is right like but, but i heard that they like designed the longboards originally for Danny Carey from Tool. I don't know if that's right, but because huh. he's like you know super tall and big guy, you know. Does he um, use axis? Um, yeah, yeah. Like, I like, well, like way back, I think now he plays like Pearl, like Eliminators or something. Oh, I saw him pictures. You know, he like changes it up and stuff. But I think yeah, back in the day, I mean that's like why I got into axis. Like I I got my first set of axis pedals like in like like '98, I think. What? like way back yeah i like hit him up and i like i got like an axis a it was crazy i remember and I, I remember when i got him i was like whoa dude i can go i can play like deeds stuff now or like whatever you know yeah i might have bought axis pedals because i saw you playing them yeah it's like when i was set on being a death metal drummer i was like well i'd need axis pedals Duh. I know, and we convinced that well it's it's basically the direct drive thing that's what it is really yeah that, and like, and the long like the yeah. long boards was this was kind of cool because like you can yeah like you said kind of put your foot like in these different places and get a you different can sit reaction back further if you like to sit back further and if you're bigger like like i i did the actually like i had them like mine like redone and i used those on the on our new odious when I, I i i had the long boards and like now like i like switched them back to the short boards and i don't like the like long boards anymore but like looking back, I was like, well, they were cool, but they're like too heavy for me. I don't know. So, dude, but, back. Like, I remember that. Uh, that speaking of Longstreth, that uh, that one yeah. show that you're talking about, that was one of the first shows that Longstreth had rejoined. James King was at that show. He was the drummer before, oh, and he yeah. was sitting there. He was sitting there standing over Longstreth, like because me. I remember it was me and James standing together, and anytime he would have a, the slightest mistake, James King would go like, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah, James. <laughs> Well, that's how we met origin was that you know i don't want to get into all the back yeah yeah anyways like um another episode continue with your story you know yeah 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 so oh yeah so so we had met craig initially before this era uh at guitar center like we heard him just yeah craig and we're like dude and he had a suffocation hoodie and uh at this time i think jared had like black spiked hair and i had like you know like you know we looked like bros basically we walked up to him and we're like hey dude fucking sick hoodie like we got a metal band like we got a demo on MySpace. Like, we, we should, like if you'd be interested, like we're looking for another guitar player. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. And then so we like hit him up and we chit chat a little bit on MySpace, and uh, it never went anywhere. Um, and then so we ended up meeting Ryan, like Jared was saying, and he was all into Origin and was like pretty dedicated and could pull off the stuff that we like wanted to do um, at that point. So we were practicing with him, and um, he was we recorded a couple. De we recorded one demo and obviously just sent it to unique leader and we're like but, but this was remember? no but yeah yeah but th so we hit up craig again right was craig in the band when we did that first demo maybe not i think he was i think we did it again with because then we did a demo or we yeah we did a demo with uh ryan and then we did another one with keith when keith joined the band from craig and then that was the one that got assigned because keith like was a really good drummer yeah 
Yeah, so then we ended up showing that demo we did with Ryan to Craig again, and it was more along the lines of like right. deep flesh. Um, you know, it was way more kind of t death metal. You know what I mean? Other other stuff was kind of more thrash and Vader style. Um, so when Greg, Craig heard that new one, he was like, all right, cool. I'll come over and check you guys out. You know, like, um, so he came down and we were practicing in Ryan's garage at that point. And, you know, Ryan was like, had been practicing a lot. And basically we convinced Craig to join the band at that point because he was into what we were doing. So that was a pivotal turning point when Craig joined the band because Craig yeah. is an absolutely phenomenal fucking monster. Um, like just He's a monster. And just basically, yeah, we were like, we we're like at this, this level and then when Craig joined, he like was he was insane on guitar. Like like uh, what was that one guy that he he would always Rusty like, Cooley. He was really yeah he was like Rusty in really into Rusty Cooley and like could pull it off like yeah. the, that same stuff. And we're like, this guy's crazy good. Well, he's yeah. in our band too. Rusty yeah. Cooley's uh, gnarly. He raised the bar to the point where I was like, fuck, like I don't know if I can like pull this off now because <laughs> this shit's crazy. Um, and but anyway, so we so we were gonna record it. We recorded that demo, and um, Unique Leader got back and was like, hey, this is a sick demo. If you guys tightened up, you'd be crushing. So that was the email. That was the email. And we're like, oh, dude, that, let's do it. Let's. And we're Woo! like, Ryan, it's basically you take that. Yeah. Well, and we're, how'd you guys take it? We were like, let's do this. That's that, that's the maybe. Fucking, that's like, yeah. Oh, but we're so, we were so we were so like just like dead set on it that we were like, uh, and he was like, I think he said the drums specifically could be tightened up. Yeah. And and we're like, um, okay, we got to get a new drummer. <laughs> like, yeah. right, we yeah. that. Well, we gave Ryan the shot, but Ryan's like, I don't, I'm not that like, I'm not that dedicated to be where you guys need or whatever. So like, he right, was cool. really into academic stuff. He was a really smart guy. So he's yeah. like, I'm gonna go to college. Well, I'm that, not like. What I was going to mention real are. quick before we get too past that, because you, you, I asked you guys, you know, how you guys took it, you know, uh, you could be a totally different person, take that and, and it would be a fucking stab in your heart and then you wouldn't be able to move forward. But it, the drive that I see in archaic still today, you're, you guys are telling me like the roots of this, like, uh, so we need to get better. We just yeah. need to get better. Oh, somebody said oh, we need to get better. No, we we, we, we saw say, that we instead, get better. instead of something negative, we saw that as like we have a chance. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. Like he didn't say absolutely no, I'm never gonna work yeah, with you guys. Yeah, go yeah. go eat a day. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even have to do that, you no. know? Yeah. No, we got a solid maybe. And we're like, well, all we gotta do is keep fucking sending him shit. And yeah, we, dude. We do what he asks, he'll sign us. So then solid Ryan, maybe. Solid maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and so then um he, yeah, well so ryan was like we were like, in all our heads we we're this close to getting signed unique league of records if we just get another sick demo so we tried to get ryan to tighten up ryan backed out and we're like fuck we need a drummer like we were, we're so close and so craig's like well i got a good friend um uh and he lives by me and the, the dude's a prodigy like you can get, he's one of those people that you can they can hear anything and it's just like i can play it whether it's guitar or drums like he just sits down and just does this shit it's not hard for him and I was like, all right, cool. Then let's, let's, let's do it. And, and he's Craig's good bud. So that's a fucking fit. You know, we, um, me and Jared are best friends. You, your best friend joins the band. Like who could ask for more? Oh, oh. And at this point we had, we had had Eric Cohen in the band. Eric Cohen. Yeah. Our oh first, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know Eric. Our first got a big shout out to Eric Cohen. Uh, our first dedicated bass player who was fucking super sick. Um, and like loved all the shit that we loved and all the other shit that we loved too you know like adult swim and primus and tool but also death metal like we like necrophages we met, we met fucking uh 
walking to a show at the showcase, we met uh, Eric, and he, like, we met him and we were like, cool shirt. And he's like, oh, sick. And and he said something. I think he was doing, like, his, just do, doing something. Acting like, like he was playing a bass. He always did that. Yeah. He, like, phantom bass. Tapped. Yeah. And we're like, do you play bass? He's like, yeah, dude, I got my bass in my trunk. You want to come see? And we're like, yeah. And he picks it up and does all this two-handed tapping shit. And we're like, bro, we need a bass player. Like, you want to join our band? He's like, well, what kind of bands? You're like, we're like, fucking suffocation and fucking tool and, and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, dude yeah so that was like we got we got eric we the finally got a good bass player we got like, a good bass player and we had gone through a couple other guitar players before that with eric um this dude justin who was a cool kid um that ended up moving to new orleans but we had a solid trio at that point it was like me jared and eric and eric was just as down like i want this shit bad you know what i mean uh and so uh, like he was part of that drive so um so then when we found craig it was like, we got Craig, we got Eric, we got me, we got Jared. Like, all we need to do is get that drummer dude. And, like, we have the makings of a fucking solid-ass thing. So we get um, we get Keith in the band. Keith's just fucking a solid-ass drummer. So we record another demo with Keith. And I think Keith learned all the songs in, like, uh, I don't even know. I don't a month or something. Didn't, didn't, didn't practice them, like, with a drum set. Like, just listened to them and then came over. Didn't have a drum set either. He had, like, sold all his stuff and, like, quit music. But, like... Like we're like no, you, you got to come out of retirement, bro. Yeah. And Jared's got the drum set. We already I got a drum set, axis pedals. It's all yours, bro. Uh, it's all yours. Point, Take it. At, at this point, this is we had we had met Samur too with Seahorse Sound. So Samur had recorded uh, like two of our demos before that, and we had gotten a good relationship with Samur because he was also into a lot of the death metal stuff we were in. He had his band Dystrophic, and they were like a fucking origin like style band. Um, and, uh, he was just, you know, he's still a fucking amazing dude and a good friend. And one of those other dudes that we met, like the first time we met, like we didn't even start recording until like two hours. Cause we were like standing outside of the studio, like jibber jabbering for like, it felt like we had known the dude for like 10 years. You know what I mean? And like, we we're like, Oh, so it was just a, sh a good fit. So we went and recorded our next demo there and, um, with Keith and everybody, um, and uniquely got, we got back, got back with that. Yes. And we, we got were a like, yes. Oh shit! It's for real. And take then, me, take me through that day, like, dude. I know exactly where I was. I oh. was working at this. I was working at. It was called Chicks Sporting Goods at the time, but then it got bought by Dicks Sporting Goods. I don't know if it was Chicks or Dicks at the time, but <laughs> it was one of them. And uh, <laughs> and and I was like in the back room, and like just trying to avoid work or something, and. Um, I remember like I got a text from like Craig or something and Craig's like, dude, read, read this, read the email or something, check the email. And I was like, what? And I was like freaking out. And I was like at work and I was like, this is it dude. Yeah. <laughs> Never going to have a job again. I'm getting signed. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, um, but, dude, it was fucking, it was everything we wanted. So we did the whole thing. We we're like, all right, cool. They gave us the, they gave us the money to record the album money to do um the album cover we're like gonna get fucking paroles in the why not dude yeah and we're we're gonna record at seahorse sound and we love you summer we're gonna help put you on the map let's do it like we're gonna do big things and so we recorded reflections within dissonance and um i don't like i think at that point right um like craig's the solid ass guitar player and he's like i want to i want to be the i want to record all the guitars on the album and yeah uh, 
and I was like, it's always a good idea. If you got, if you, if you're a band or a musician listening, just let the better guitar player play the part. Yeah. <laughs> At first I was a little like butthurt about it, but then I was like, you know what, if that's going to make it sound better, like it's all about the finished product. Like I fucking, I have, I helped write, you know, 50% of the album, you know, I fucking write in the lyrics, um, you know, like, okay, cool. Like, let's just get the best product that we can. So we put out um, Reflections Within Dissonance. And uh, the other thing that got us to this point too, we got a shout out is Showcase Theater. Because Showcase Theater in Corona, like we, uh, maybe oh, to yeah. take a couple steps back. So we lived, like I said, an hour and a half south of uh, LA, hour and a half north of um, San Diego. And uh, Orange County was right, right down the way, 45 minutes. So we were going to shows all the fucking time. Galaxy Theater, the fucking House of Blues, uh, the chain reaction, like like 90% of our time besides practicing was fucking going to shows, man. Like the Showcase Theater, I've seen some of my most favorite death metal bands you could ever ask for. I saw Spawn. Didn't they have a thing called Showcase yeah, Put on there? So they had, it was, that's what it was a battle of the bands. That's what we, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we already <laughs> but, did this, right? <laughs> but, but we made good friends with Joe. And so he would let us open up for like all the fucking, like all the death metal bands that would come through. And we'd be the band that would fucking play to fucking all 12 yeah, of those yeah. people. And we, <laughs> <laughs> Remember, we, we one of our biggest shows, it was like sold out, and it was Animosity, Six Job for under. a Cowboy, Sworn Enemy. Six Feet Under. And Six Feet Under, yeah, yeah, and we, like, got on the opening slot, and, like, that was, like, our big, our first, like, big true death metal show, and we were, like, yeah. pretty okay at that time. Mm -hmm. I love that other. place, dude. I really do love that place. Every yeah, time, yeah. we play there a couple times, dude, and, and the show's they everybody gets down let's get it back let's bring the showcase theater know, back dude the pound and the showcase theater yeah. i miss that Start. backstage and showcase that upstairs backstage yeah. and they just give that shitty pizza and just that pizza tastes yeah the best yep. and then like the little, the little, those fucking like, <laughs> uh, those fucking yeah. giant buckets yeah. of just beer but dude, yep. because of that we would be opening for these death metal bands and we'd be hanging out with them picking their brains like what do you do how'd you get signed like how do you like how do you like we learned about triggers because of the showcase theater like how do you get your shit signed so that like we were and like then we would like we'd be drinking beers with the bands like it was so cool like that was a big part of us being a part of the metal scene and then in san diego you had the jumping turtle and the dude that booked jumping turtle was joe troutman yeah. and with that guy we got in with him and he would let us open up for all the death metal bands that would come through so we got our live chops um because of all the venues we would go see our favorite bands at we would we ended up playing there dude. yeah and we actually did this this technique that yeah. i think to this day like when i look back was really helpful for us like getting somewhere because like in and like this is still kind of how it is like pre-covid was that like if you wanted to play a big show with a touring band coming around well the touring band I didn't even know this stuff at the time, but I, you know, the touring band needs a certain amount of, or bands needs a certain amount of money in order to play the show. They have a deal worked out. And in order to guarantee that they can get them there, then they, ha then they have local bands sell tickets. And so we would, uh, we would talk, you know, we got in with the promoters and then we'd like stay on, stay on them about like a show coming up. Hey, I saw this. I saw this. We would check that one website, Mosh Pit Mosh or something. King. Mosh, Mosh King. King. We'd check yeah. for shows. Then we'd be like, all right, that show's coming up. There's another show there. We should go there, talk to the promoter. Then um, if the promoter lets us on, then we'll, we'll have to sell tickets, which sucks. But me and Chance would actually like, we kind of flipped it where we like, okay, well, who's the best person to sell a ticket to for your band who nobody has heard of? and isn't your mom or your family or like your friends who have already like seen you the last like selling candy three bars times. for uh for boy scouts yeah. exactly family and friends 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we were like, I don't know. We came up with the idea of just going to shows at the same place that we're going to play at like two months from then and talking to people and just, we had tickets on us. So we're like, Oh, are you going to go to this show? It's coming up. And they're like, yeah, I'm totally, I'm, I'm totally planning on going cool. Well, actually I'm in a band. I'm, I'm yeah. uh, opening the show and I'm going to, uh, and I have tickets. They're like $5 off or, you know, they're pre-sale tickets. They're a little discount. If you get them before then, then the door. And like, we would sell our tickets for our shows like that way. And then the promoters would be happy because we came through and they're like, oh, you always come through. You archaic boys always come through. One time and, we uh, got bitched at though because they found out we were selling the tickets to the people at the show and they're like, you're selling it to them for five bucks off, but that person's going to come to the show. He could buy the ticket at the door for full price. And we're like, you know what? Fuck you, man. You want your ticket sold or not? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We would even go to like the Galaxy or we'd go to House of Blues to a suffocation show. Yeah. And we would like, we would slang them at other shows too. Yeah. Um, but we kind of like centers and fucking like we would yeah, hustle like tickets, man. we we hustled to to sell tickets and that's like what got us on some big shows in the beginning and then and then yeah like eventually we did get signed to Unique oh, Leader which was really cool that, to Murder Fest all right so we had had our first fucking demo uh, and this is before even we got the email this if you tightened up it would be crushing but we got to give mad props to Obi from Inherit Disease because yeah. we we played Murder Fest. And we ended up just like, we're like, we love Unique Leader bands. And we ended up talking to Obi because he was running the fucking, the, the Unique Leader booth. And he's just a cool as fuck dude. And we just ended up like drinking beers and hanging out with him the whole time. And he's like, yeah, man, like, this is how Eric got the original demo. He's like, dude, like, you guys seem like cool dudes. Like, give me your demo and I'll give it to Eric and give me your email. And like, you know, like, I can't promise anything, but you never know like what'll happen. And we're like, oh, all right, cool. So Obi gave our original demo to Eric. And that's when we got the tight, you know, good stuff, but tighten up, you'd be crushing email. Like that was a big moment for us too. That's super cool, dude. I yeah, didn't know that. All uh, because I had of no idea. Oh man. Yeah. Obi's the shit, dude. He's always, he's a lifetime homie, dude. Obi's, yeah. he's going to be on a very near future episode as well. Yeah. I was going to say Cali yeah. death. You got to get yeah, it. Yeah. No, for sure. We, I've, we've been saving him. We're, 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 uh, like we've been trying to just do like more band centric stuff right now. I don't really know why, but we're just trying to do like bands, couple of members, but you know, Obi's got a couple of bands and he's got his own story. So, you know, he's going to be one of those like on his own episodes as well, you know, but yeah, for sure, dude, I keep in touch with Obi all the time. I've been talking to him about the podcast. He's going to be on very soon. Love nice. the dude. Yeah, he was like our uh, mentor, basically. Yeah, when fucking awesome. We dude. met him at That's Showcase correct. in the parking lot and picked his brain and like mm -hmm. he he That's was like I met him super too, Showcase. Yeah, he he was like really cool and like like I'm sure we could have like annoyed him or like you know like we're both me and Chance at the same time or especially back then are probably pretty intense yeah. you know and as bright eyed bushy tailed fucks <laughs> well yeah. you guys well this you can take it back to when you, when we met as well like we were still hungry and and moving forward too so it's like we're seeing you guys coming up right behind us we're we i mean still to this day dude i'm not the egotistical type but you know to, to see you guys nipping at our heels and stuff and look at it in a positive way and, and see like we, we were just as hungry. We're still hungry. We're seeing you guys come up. We want to see that happen because we know what that feeling's like and, and we want it to happen for everybody that yeah. is feeling that, you know? Yeah. It's one of those things too that you always run into on 
the tour is just you get you always get a stack of demos from people yeah. you know yeah. you always get the stack it was you know every every person in the band's got either a friend that needs a demo listened to or or something like that and i think i remember like running into you guys kind of like that in that kind of same scenario i got a demo something listen to this i was like cool man cool like and i, I was like um, i might check it out like i don't know like i got like a humongous thing and then like we saw i think you guys played a show with us i think when i knew like i was like fuck our kicks legit was uh it was at uh, the Grove. Remember, oh, you yeah. guys were playing right oh, before yeah. us. Summer it was decrepit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was decrepit. Yeah. And like we were, and actually, I borrowed Eric Cohen's uh, bass amp that night, and it exploded while I was playing. But uh, <laughs> 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 and I was what luckily was like that? I had the sans amp. I had that pre uh, the sans amp preamp going to the house, so like the amp was fucked, but yeah. I could hear myself still. But um, which sucked. It was just like I felt super bad about it. But um. No, that's when I saw. I watched the show, watched you guys play, and I'm like, dude, these guys are for. Because I remember seeing as like kids and come up, and all of a sudden, I mean, we were you're only a few years younger than us, but still, like, oh, it's another you know band trying to get signed. It's cool. It's awesome. You know, you see it at every venue, and uh, that was what the year. The was one that? show I was just like, oh fuck, archaic is. I'm guessing was it with me yeah 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 i think so okay okay yeah yeah that was okay so. it was outdoor at the grove remember we yeah. played at the grove outside? oh yeah 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 sure. yeah that was and, like a humongous and, show too i think the like, set times were like pushed back like yeah i'm pretty sure we were supposed to play like an hour or two earlier than we did which was awesome because like that was like one of the biggest crowds that we had had mm-hmm. until then like it was outdoors but it was like packed and we were opening you were you guys were on the tour and we got to play an opening date and we ended up playing right before you guys on the oh, outdoor cool. stage. Okay. Yeah. That was, yeah. Uh, that was, uh, okay. Yeah. Even for yeah. me, that so was, this, like, is, this is post release unique leader first release. You, you guys will maybe get yeah. been signed. Did you get signed by that time? I'm not sure. We might've been in talks and like, or like, I don't nope, think so. Did. Didn't it come out? Okay. In 2010? Did, did yeah, reflections, reflections came out, came out in 2010. Yeah. yeah. So we were still like on our way up, but we were probably been talking to Obi and we had probably gotten that one email and we were probably like, yo, like it's going to happen. And you're like, you know, yeah, um, yeah. But that was like the cool thing about where we lived is it was a fucking like really dope. Like it was like an entry point to everywhere. Like we, we weren't stuck to one scene. We were like, we'll go down and play shows in San Diego. We'll go play at the chain reaction. We played a bunch of shows at the chain reaction. RIP by the way. That, yeah, they just closed it down. thing with us, dude, we played shows in what Campbell, um santa cruz oh, random san francisco, yeah yeah fucking yeah. oakland so anyway. the earliest video i can find of you guys live is at the pharaoh's den in riverside <laughs> oh, play that place a lot <laughs> yeah. yeah that was a, from yeah. bucket of afterbirth productions posted the video in 2009 and they actually just filmed me at uh la uh, extermination like two years ago so they're oh, still okay. going wow that's pretty sick production but yeah the whole slang and tickets thing like helped us like learn a work ethic the fact that we like like we're lucky enough to be right in the middle of all these cool music scenes and we got like the people were like cool enough to let us like play those shows we got to meet bands from all over the metal spectrum and pick their brains and uh and then like church of the eighth day was who like got us on shows in la and that's how we got on murder fest that's how we met obi joe troutman you know that's we hooked us up uh, with the jumping turtle and joe from showcase like those were our three dudes if it wasn't for those dudes who know where where arcade could be you know like yeah that was like the perfect um perfect storm of all those things at that time that like we learned the ropes all like really early on just how to be a band and how to hit people up and how to did how you to guys do anything on. full scale before the cannibal tour 
we did uh we did our first tour so we put out reflections in 2010 and then like shortly after eric's like hey guys like i got a tour do you guys want to do it um and it was with brain drill oh yeah flesh consumed yeah and um another band called halo of gunfire yeah was that the famous is that the famous brain brain drill tour no no that was 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 that no that was this was brain drill's comeback tour after that stuff happened Uh, oh they like they they hadn't done a tour for a while and ivan was in the band he had like pretty much he had joined like recently to that tour Mm -hmm. uh and then they did that they put an album out was was playing drums then yeah yes yeah yeah because he was doing double double um double when you said flesh consumed and 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 brain gel i'm like it's probably a double duty run casey yeah it was yeah Yeah, he's a machine Mm -hmm. all cool guys too cameron fucking ron that was a fun tour Um, yeah we're still friends with like all those guys yeah that was 10 years ago ivan and on that tour that's where uh you know it was a little rough you know uh we were in our fucking uh keith's minivan it wasn't even like a van van it was a minivan so we were all sleeping like there was no lay down room we were just all sleeping in the middle like sitting up and it was hot there was no ac so that's when eric was kind of like you know what i don't think this touring life's for me uh but we had already kind of seen that coming and we had already been talking to ivan because you know ivan was like yeah brain is like cool board, but like you know like i'm down for something else too you know uh and so we were like all right well you know would you like to join our band um and didn't we do we have something else possibly coming up after that that yeah well well that was the craziest thing is like eric eric who was like part of the the trio from you know we were together for like four years as a band Eric yeah. was there. He was like more in it than, you know, he would motivate me. And he was like a big part of the, our drive and like, so death metal. So like more death metal than, than I was, you know, like just he'd lived in and that, He'd be in line at fucking in and out be, And then all of a sudden he'd be like singing a suffocation song. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Eric, Co- Eric Cohen. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm gonna take Eric Cohen down a notch and myself down a notch too. So I actually lived in Sacramento <laughs> for about um, I lived in Sacramento for about four years. That's where he lives now. He lives over in Sac. That's actually where I ran into him. And um, so I was doing this like benefit thing that I got talked into, which was like it's called a walk a mile in her shoes. Where oh, you have yeah, to wear sure high heels. This, you have to wear high heels and you have to walk a mile in them. And like oh, yeah, my feet were like bleeding. It was like the worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> um so i'm walking and i right ahead of me i'm like that guy looks familiar and it turns Wait, you still have camo air. shot shorts on <laughs> yeah and i turn around and it's i turn or he turns the corner and i'm like that's fucking eric cohen dude i'm gonna go like run up to him in my high heels and like oh what's up dude like what, what are you what are you doing here man what's going on <laughs> like i'm doing it with my work what are you doing i'm just kidding no but it was uh that's the last time i saw him and we were cracking up so why is that finish. taking you down a notch dude just because my my fucking feet were huh? bleeding. Well, like, you know, what's funny is to me is that you both were bass players and like you both like uh, were already retired from touring. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're exactly. like, hey, like, how's life been since you haven't been in a band? Like, click, clip, clop, clip, clop. You know? uh, oh, man. It was just classic. It was just a classic coincidence. So I was just like, dude. I mean, because I was like, a, like, I didn't want to, I was like, in, just didn't want to walk in high heels they gotta you know that sounds like a painful experience 
I know. I get it. I get. I get the whole thing. I get. I get. It's no, for domestic violence. I've done it Real too, quick. Right? So, what kind of yeah, conversations yeah. do you have while walking in high? We talked about. He actually mile. was talking, telling me where he worked. He worked at a local burger, Burgers and Brew in Sacramento. He's like, come down, have some drinks, and let's uh, watch some football clip, or clop, something like clip, that. Clip, clip, yeah, clip. I know. And I'm like, dude, my, I literally took my uh, my shoes off, and my my skin on my toe had peeled back, and it was just squirting blood out. How many times did you roll an ankle like I see women do in those uh, shoes? Probably three. Three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like three sixties, like ten times, dude. I don't know. Dude. <laughs> okay, so anyways, yeah, go back. Yeah. So you do so, the tour, Eric leaves, you meet Ivan from Ivan. that tour. And then did yeah. he join for the separate tour? Yeah. Or no, no. Then it was Black Dahlia. Then we were like like oh, shortly yeah, after that in 2011, I think um so first tour is 2010 then our second tour ever was black dolly murder and goat whore yeah and we're like what no way and like i'm, I'm pretty what, sure i'm pretty sure left. yeah well yeah and we like knew that it was like a pot like hey guys i submitted you for this black dahlia tour like this was like six months before it happened and we're like what no way that would be so crazy if we got that yeah and uh and then we ended up getting it and and uh, at, I think, like, I kind of feel like Eric, we, like, we might have found out about that on tour. And then we're like, Eric, what are you doing? Like, why would you leave, bro? Like, don't leave the band. Yeah. And then, uh, then Ivan's right there and he's like, what's up, dudes? You guys are cool. Like, let's fucking do it. And Ivan is in brain drill. He was cr like super crazy good. And we're like, dude, let's go. Let's level up. You're in. Let's You're do this. in. Yeah. So yep. his first tour with us was Black Dahlia Murder. And then like after that, we got a Cannibal Corpse tour. So we we're just like hitting the yeah. tour lottery. When for, did we like, do the Severed Tour though? I feel like we did the Severed Tour. Right after that, I think. It was Not right too after, long after was... the Cannibal Tour. You guys were still hot off of the Cannibal Tour, actually. Yep. You so, can tell. I would have seen you guys because I went to the first night of the Severed Tour at uh, Tavern in, in Pacifica. Winter's Tavern, yeah. Winter's yeah. Tavern. So did you guys play that night too? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. I saw you guys that night and that was my first time seeing you guys and full disclosure. So fast. So I'm going to, with everything that you guys sh said from the album that you had handed me in that parking lot to winter's tavern, full disclosure, didn't check anything out from that. <laughs> check, that window. Okay. I'm going to be totally honest, totally missed the first unique leader release, not because you know, I just was, you know, I, I move around. I wore your guy's and, shirt and all the well, album dude, covers and all. A stuff. lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people, like it was our first record. We didn't, we weren't like a, a known band at all. Like we were. No, unknown. I'm not saying that. But you got to check me out. Like I'm a weirdo. Like like for a while, I just like like still to this day, like I'm probably the worst out of everybody on this podcast with new death metal. You're probably yeah. not as bad as me. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We can compare on how many bands we don't know. I don't know how we can figure that out. But no, I'm just saying that one. I don't know. <laughs> no, but I'm really just saying like that kind of yeah. like it's one of those pockets where like I. It's funny how I engage so much in the metal scene and stuff like that, but I'm rarely I'm. It's like the lower percentage of genre that I listen to. You know, I go through ten plus genres a day. You know at least but i'm just saying like yeah. so i to go back to what i was saying i i missed all that and then my 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 
reintroduction to archaic was that night and and so reintroduction still felt like a fresh introduction to me because it was in a live setting i was seeing you guys coming fresh off the cannibal tour and you guys had the fucking goods you know and i'm watching ivan up there too which has already given me a natural connection because i had already worked with him a few times you know and and he's a good friend of mine you know before he you guys call him the chupacabra he's always the mongoose first <laughs> always the mongoose first maybe like but, the like how pokemon kind of evolved from like one yeah, thing to the other like the totally. mongoose was like the first yeah. incarnation of it and then the mongoose morphed into a chupacabra which is definitely a more like rare uh and like supernatural cryptid if you yeah <laughs> <laughs> totally and it, that's exactly how it works it works perfect just like that um but so that's cool that you guys came across him and and boom now i'm in severed and and we're touring together we're starting out in my fucking hometown we packed the fucking shit out of that place you guys fucking rocked you guys really made me feel like oh shit we gotta come hard for the next three and a half weeks or whatever we were on tour because i was like these guys are going to be right below us every night. Yeah, they're just you know? like been on tour, just just fucking in tour mode. Oh, There's dude. something to be said about like when you get off a tour, you've been touring for, you know, at least three weeks straight. Like you were a machine. Like I would just be like, I, I can drink whatever I want. I'm fine. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm completely like locked in. Everything's going to be like in it just all of a sudden it just turns on. You just, put, you know, and then yeah. you try different, you know, you get more. Um, that stage presence where you're more you're down oh, i'll go walk over there i don't give a fuck i'll go walk yeah. over there go <laughs> you got, you got the tour chops and then like the tour fucking confidence, confidence. And, then, and then you look yeah. at the video oh, you really only walked walk. like three steps <laughs> dude i'm doing that same uh, thing dude i'm sorry casey if i'm peeking i, I keep leaning in on the mic dude for fourth all good um god so damn. you guys i'm gonna work on it dude you guys recorded the metamorphic ignition album in between some of these tours right or yeah. was it after it was uh it was before it, that's what we were the album we were touring on for uh the cannibal tour right or yeah so i remember being yeah. in college away not not living in california i'm from here but i was away at, in school and i remember when that album came out and i was like ah oh, this new crop of tech death bands and there's like so many of them coming from california and i honestly like didn't check it out at the time and i i i now think it was just kind of jealousy because i like kind of sacrificed my chances of doing that at the time and like did the college thing and so like looking back it like holds up it's so sick and i like listen to that one a lot dude, now. those songs live it's every super night sick. were so but fun dude one of the other things is that it takes a lot of time to like break into some of this albums because they're like so technical it's like it takes like three or four listens to really so it's like a commitment and mm -hmm. uh i just didn't make it at the time and then i saw you guys live i thought we were sick and i'm just gonna get ahead of myself but lucid dawn is the one that i know it's not chance anymore but that's the one that for me it's like i love that album so showing my hand <laughs> yeah but, but sure, nice. let's let's get there let's get there yeah, that's, yeah. That's i mean where i'm in it that's so. a whole the, the when like so yeah so we put out metamorphic ignition um i it's like definitely like hard for us to top that because we were just at the time so like locked in as a band uh alex, alex has just had just joined he was Dude. just like on fire craig was on fire ivan had joined officially and recorded with on his uh or recorded on that album mm. so we were just like really in it you know 
and uh and we so worked quick, really I'm hard sorry, if you guys just mentioned it i'm sorry i missed it so that album was already recorded and None released before we went out yeah you guys were already selling that because you guys were playing those so- songs off that album but i didn't know if you had actually already released it before you guys came out with us mm-hmm. definitely before the seven yeah. tour yeah okay i think yeah yeah, we were, dude. Playing those, we were playing those songs on the Cannibal Tour, so it was either on its way to coming out or it was already. Do you guys want to do a couple stories from that tour or what, dude? Tell me some of your favorite moments of that tour. I know it was a fucking Chupacabras flop, but <laughs> Chupacabras, <laughs> Chupacabras and uh, Nola. No, let's let the Chupacabra tell his own Nola story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get... We'll have to get well, Ivan so, on sometime. Another thing, I'll just break it, I'll <laughs> break it down. So I was thinking, like, it's because we already have four of us plus you know guests so with this six panel thing it's working pretty nice you know when it comes to the band stuff um it's not that we wouldn't want craig and ivan on tonight it would just be stacked so hard so what i i was thinking we could probably do with do a craig and ivan episode and because they got the archaic and the deeds connection yeah they're both put a deeds album out recently yeah so it's like they got the multiple connections there i got we got connections with them so that could be its own episode it's not like i was trying to split everybody up we like we could add more people though you know i know but it's just like it, it might be hard though honestly like eight people on a podcast but but, but a lot of times i go to full screen when someone's talking so but but if you have like more than like everybody wants at least like room to say their thing so when you have that many people that's like a lot of and that's more chances of people stop talking over each other just like i did with chance you know getting pretty bad right now sorry (laughs) joseph like teaches classes of like you know 100 people (laughs) i've done big zooms yep yeah so i'm sure we could do it but i mean yeah we're just tiptoeing through this shit i know trying to figure it out you know but all right so so we put out metamorphic ignition and well he wanted a cannibal corpse story do you have any good cannibal on tour with cannibal yeah. corpse stories uh, i mean um fucking being on the cannibal tour bus and uh the bait the bass player for fucking we're all just getting shitty drunk every night and like all the other dudes don't drink except for corpse grinder so he's like come on the bus and like come and hang out with me and george is like the coolest dude ever and we're just like chilling on the bus and the fucking bass player for um exhumed is just like he's a fucking He's a locomotive, like crank to eleven, and he just comes rip roaring through that fucking thing, like blackout drunk, and like fucking passes out in their fucking toilet, face down, like rips the seat off, like fucks their whole thing up, and uh, and I just remember like waking up the next day and just hearing like hearing uh, Matt like like going like fuck man like well, what are we gonna do with fucking Bob like you know like he literally just he just fucked up cannibal's toilet that's oh, funny no remember the routing show remember that routing show that we're on our way out to start the tour in like florida or whatever uh-huh. we had to go through uh new orleans and i remember like loading in just like stepping foot into the first venue in new orleans and i literally see a bar stool go from one side of the room to the other and yeah. just smash a table i'm like what the what was that and it's and it's uh body bag bob yeah just going crazy he's already like full-blown blackout and like like ready to 
beat some people up and dude, like why does why does new orleans do that to everybody dude and new orleans is a strange it's, it's a, a strange thing going on like, like brutal voodoo and gnarly energy that i really think it is the energy bro it just it, it gets dark when you're there dude yeah. I've got a, a gun pointed at me there. We had a gun pointed at us there, dude. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> Fuck, everybody's almost yeah. dying there just to I play know. a show. It's a hectic spot. I'll play a show for 15 people, dude. And we're going to die after as we're loading out our gear. <laughs> and it smells like Tijuana. I remember one of the other stories was that. Oh, no, that, that was not that night. Uh, but on that tour, we thought it'd be a good idea to bring like a fucking, what was that, like a 14-foot fucking trailer? um how big was that trailer we took because we were like oh we'll take a big oh one. yeah it was like too big for the van like, so like it was not a good trailer to van ratio so <laughs> yeah. it was too much for that thing's transmission so we blow a gasket like a third of you guys floor. when do you guys that happened right after you guys left right you guys didn't was this in the something happened with your van in the beginning of a tour as well that like was you guys that took was off. Psychroptic. That was that was like oh that was uh, later. The Sorry. following right. year, I think that was 2015. Okay. Let's not shoot ahead. I I mean, dude. But it's, it's, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so so the the van starts like pissing out oil all over our trailer um, as we're you know drive you know driving and it's like it starts to pile up on the on the front of the trailer and all the you know wind and stuff and um, and we're like, dude, something is wrong. Like this is like not okay. Like we have to fix this, but like, we didn't know anything. And, and like, we were in Colorado and, uh, and Ivan's like, dude, I, th well, we, we looked at it. We kind of figured out, we think it's the oil pan gasket. So uh, we drop off chance, Keith, Craig, they like load stuff in and take and like get the show going, set up the table. We're like, we're going to go to a pet boys and buy this gasket that they have. And we're going to change this, this thing in the parking lot. So it was like literally like cold Colorado high elevation. Do you remember what vehicle it was? It was a, it was a van. It was a Ford. Uh, e -series? Ford, uh, it was, it was e like an E150, but it was a work van. So it had no windows on the sides. Yeah. Yeah. You know? cargo. So yeah. I was just thinking about, cause I, I'm in automotive. So you could get underneath one of those and, and change that gasket pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting... I even did like a champ. Yeah, um, yeah. totally did. No, I got a funny story. Here's a funny story. Um, so our tour meets up with Behemoth's tour in fucking the middle of oh, yeah. Kansas to do this fucking festival. And uh, so it's a bunch of just fucking drunk, goobery California boys like us and Exhumed or like like California boys. And, the uh, uh, you know, just like fucking drinking beers and board shorts and woohoo, like, oh, yeah, bruh. And the other tour is like Watane and Behemoth and a bunch of fucking other weird Europeans. And so and we're out there in board shorts because it's like 100 degrees and 90% humidity. And they're all standing out there in like sandals for life, bro. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Black leather. And, um, you know, we keep trying to make friends with those bands and they're just like, we don't want anything to fucking do with you. And um, they put the the beer in um, in in like the main green room. And so we're like going into the main green room just to grab beers. And then all of a sudden they, we, we, they say, hey, nobody can go into the green room. And we're like, why? And like, oh, Watane's doing a thing. So we're like, oh, what the fuck? Who cares? Because we're like, at this point, we're blackout drunk. We haven't played yet. And 
and <laughs> we into the thing and they're like lighting candles and they have their like pig things and they're like you guys can be in here they're like incense and they're like doing this satanic ritual and then the, it's just like super weird vibes and you can smell the pigs that they have on stage Ew, their whole yeah, life, all their disgusting. gear stunk like the pigs and we're like well i'm sorry like like if we're messing your thing up but like the beers are in here and then like we went outside and like the other bands were doing some shit and i remember all like we were like all like we bought a bunch of crystals in arizona because we're like stoked on that we're like these crystals are going to keep our bands going and like i wander up in board shirts and flip-flops and like these other two dudes from one of the other bands are just sitting there with like an incense coil and i was like sick are you guys doing a ritual like you guys want a crystal for your ritual and they look at me like they just give me this death stare and then and and don't even respond and go look down we're like oh, all right well fucking i guess never mind i guess you guys don't want crystals and then uh, we're like, then Mike's like, we're gonna play soccer. Do any guys, you guys like soccer? Like, come play soccer with us. So we're all drunk out there playing soccer like retards. And none of the year, like none of the other bands, they're just sitting there watching us, like pissed off. One because they probably do respect soccer as a sport. Two because we totally suck. And we kept kicking the ball. I kept hitting their tour bus. And so like, <laughs> we're already not on good terms. So fast forward to the end of the night, super sick show. Everything's badass. Like it was the funnest thing we ever did. And we're we're at backstage. And we're hanging out, but Hemoth's on the couch, and they got their hot groupie chicks, and like it's me and Jared and like Mike and like one of the other dudes from Exhumed and um, and like one of the guys from Abysmal Dawn, and we're just having a blast because at this point we've been on tour together, we're all clicking, we're having fun, and we're just like all like the guys, we're all cracking everybody up, just like all drunk, telling goofy jokes, and the like Behemoth's like fucking groupie chicks are like laughing, and they're sitting there just like just like. And so, like, Nergal goes up to sit in the bathroom, and Jared rock walks in because he was, like, outside doing whatever. He walks in, and he, like, sits in the just the empty spot on the couch, which is the spot where Nergal is. And, like, you know, and there, there was, like, Nergal, his chick, and then the Behemoth guys, and then all the other guys. So Jared's, like, talking to Andy, who was in uh, Abysmal. And, uh, and then Nergal comes out and, like, gives this death stare to Jared. And, like, no, like, everyone's oblivious. And, uh, and one of the dudes from Behemoth, like, leans over and said, hey, if your friend wants to keep his head, you should probably get out of that seat. Jesus. And we were like, Whoa! Yeah, and I go, oh, wait. And I, like, figure out what's going on. And he's like, uh, I would not want to hurt you, so get out of my seat or some shit like that. Like, I was Whoa. like, oh, all right, brother. This is your seat, man. It's all you. Uh, so, yeah, it was funny. There's, and then there's a better he, way to go about it. There's it's also totally uh, it, it sounds like I don't want to hang out with that dude at all. Oh, I've, I've hung yeah, out with him. Yeah, serious. he's all the, very serious. Was super serious all the time, and it got yep. to the point where we knew they didn't want anything to do with us, and they were over serious. So we kept trying to make friends with them and like be overly <laughs> nice on purpose because we knew it was pissing them off. Like, like I remember, I remember Mike's like, "I'm gonna go try, like check this out. Watch this. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go walk up there. I'm gonna try to give give them some beers." And like he walks up there and he's got his like Coors Light fucking 18 packs. Like, hey, hey, I got cold beers. You guys want cold beers? All cold beers. And they're all like, they're just like looking at him. One of the guys is like, yeah, here's beers, you know? And then like they're all like, like stop looking, making eye contact. And Mike's like, all right, dude, well, we're going to be barbecuing in like 25 minutes. You guys are welcome to go on over. And we're all like watching behind the van, like, <laughs> they're so weird. Like, uh, but that's the that's that's the thing i remember that's my funny story from that. well i yeah. i mean i guess that's the the cool thing about metal is the diversity you know mm -hmm. uh you and we probably some... were obnoxious fucking americans like you know ah whatever dude whatever well you're, you know another funny songs, thing dude. another funny thing that happened that same night was that watain this was just the one show we did with watain and um one of the guys said to alex bent Oh, yeah. who at the time was like really like openly Christian and had like, like would wear a cross. And uh, the guy's like, like, crazy, like a little necklace with a cross, you know, like little, a little, yeah, a little necklace, cross necklace. And the guy's like, you might want to push, put that away. 
unless you want to get hurt or something like that. Like kind of said, like, Dude. I wouldn't wear that around this is like making me upset because I love Alex so much, dude. If I was there, dude, I would have, I would have had some words. Like, he told us that. I was like, where? You mean is, uh, be a Christian in the middle? We're like, like I would have had some Oklahoma, words, dude. Like, you got it fucked up. Like, we're like yeah, in yeah. the Bible Belt. We're like, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It was, it turned into like a National Lampoon's thing. Like, how much can we annoy these, uh, the other band and how much can we ruin their like satanic rituals? Cause, cause we're, we're like opening the door to grab beers and it was, it was funny. I wonder if they do those rituals and then they still fuck up in the shows and then they're like, wait, Satan, where were you at, dude? Yeah. Well, it's because yeah. that motherfucker came in and got beer in the middle of it and it fucked up my whole show. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. You, you guys totally fucking threw off the vibe, dude. You distracted and, and that, Satan. That night, the ritual didn't work and they somebody missed a kick. He had popcorn double kick somewhere, dude. Yeah, they, they couldn't get their van started in the morning. Actually, no, that was us. Remember, Chance? We couldn't get our van started after that. Like, dude, they fucking night. cursed you, bro, because I think of the they beers. did, dude. I think they, they did curse to? us. We had to reverse the curse. Yeah, we like yeah, literally. We no, it was the crystals. We like put them in the door, like forever. Nice, like we'll dude. never get the crystal back out because yeah. it's like this. We took the walls out of the door, out of the van and stuff. And um, yeah, and this is like where our like it really started. Like we were like there's a huge part of our tour that was running on good magic and just fucking the belief that it would work out because we like we couldn't get it started all night. And we're like we're gonna wake up tomorrow and maybe it'll be different for some reason. I remember like it wasn't starting, so I get out. And me and Jared start getting out and rocking the van and going, "We love you." Got we named our van Gaia because that was our home. It's like, nice, dude. That's so my like, name. Guy, we love you and appreciate you. We love you. We love you. We love you. And all of a sudden, it was like, burr, 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 burr. and then it and then we start screaming louder, like, "You can do it! You can do it, Van!" And like, yeah. Craig and Alex wake up and they're like, "What the fuck are they yelling about?" And they're like, "Come on, guys! Like, we're gonna get it started. It's happening!" <laughs> like, then it like we we all were like, like yelling in unison, like, yeah. we, "You can do it! We love you!" you and then it. it started, and we're like, "All right, let's get the fuck out of here!" We're like yeah. five hours late. Like, and then yeah. and then it literally worked the rest of the tour until the last show in Pensacola, um, and oh that's when it was like when, <laughs> when you guys came up against what taint what do they call? I was gonna call Wu Tang Wu Tang Wu Tang Wu Tang different kind of ritual at that show <laughs> in that green room. This was no, this was this a was, much more positive yeah, uh, welcoming yeah, yeah. ritual. Yeah. No, but that that magic got us through the rest of the tour until Pensacola. Um, and that's a eerie story too, because then we're like, "Fuck, we don't know what we're gonna do." Like, we ended up. I think my brother got us a hotel room, so we stayed the weekend because it was Cinco de Mayo weekend, and so we partied fucking our asses off on the beach and got everyone got insanely sunburned. I remember Craig literally was ketchup red, like from falling asleep drunk on the beach, and he's already like a fair skinned guy. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> you know, or he uh, was at least. I haven't seen him in a while, but yeah, well, yeah I remember he, him being a a, a little. Uh, fair at, on the tour as well. Well, yeah. he would always stay covered, dude. He would yeah. cover himself. Didn't he wear a hoodie the whole time? And we we were going through like lower United States in the summer, and he's wearing a hoodie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So that's that crazy tour. That album is when we decided to do our multi-album like theme, um, the Metamorphognition. That's when we were like, we're gonna we're gonna come up with a story. And we're gonna be able to let it carry out through fucking as many albums as we can, so we can create our own universe and our own mythos. And so, Metamorphic Nation is when we started that that whole thing too, that whole story. Yeah, chance like for for uh, 
people who have made it two hours this well congratulations but um <laughs> uh like for people who like i should have said this earlier like chance wrote all the lyrics for a long time so and chance read a lot more literature like he always read books and stuff so he, he had a way better vocabulary than me and i was like well i'll just like you write the lyrics i'll scream them like you're better at it than me so you can do that and then like you wrote like pretty much all the almost all the lyrics for um for metamorphognition like i maybe wrote a few words or phrases in the whole album but yeah. you wrote all that like stream of consciousness came, came up with the Cyrix character yeah. um and the then whole, we're like whole. all right Cyrix is going to be like the main character and he's going to kind of have this like astral projection like near-death experience where he like lights himself on fire and then um like tr like you know has this out-of-body experience kind of goes around the different parts of the universe and gets shown all this stuff by these sirens and we have this whole elaborate like thing where he like goes through the desert at the end and then like he walks through this this uh this infinite curtain and meets like this 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 deity that's like the incarnation of the all like that is energy that creates and sustains all this that ends and lives and then it basically meets god and then it wakes up from his near-death experience after like uh, experiencing all the traumatic things that he was running from that made him kill himself. So he comes back healed from all that. So now like at the end of the album, he comes back as the wounded healer. So all the other albums are him like taking on the, the, the realm that he's in and like overcoming opposition and just like basically telling more of the story. So on Lucid Dawn, like Jared got a lot more involved in writing lyrics. So like, like, and that, and, and metamorphosis. Well, that's when, well, after, when we did the Severed Savior tour, this is what happened. This is basically what happened. We did the Severed Savior tour. Um, it was shot compared to Cannibal Corpse. So like we did Cannibal Corpse and then like a couple months later we did Severed Savior and like we had some good shows on that tour, but it was nothing compared to that. Mm. And I think like Craig was like burnt out from, from doing like the, you know, the last couple years of touring and um and then doing this tour where like we really didn't make any money it was really hard he was really in debt and he kind of had to make this decision like is this the is that do i keep going down this road and like struggle and like be in debt and like have to look for a job all the time and like i'm already taking care of my mom and my brother and like he had a like a lot on his plate and then um after the tour is done we're like we're like i think you know craig is like not not in it like he his he definitely had a switch that happened and um and then all our gear got stolen remember that that was after that tour so we had our trailer up in near ivan and uh and alex which was like modesto area um it was manteca actually and then uh, somebody broke into the trailer and stole Chance's amp, his head. Oh, my Ivan, rat. Uh, my fucking oh, yeah, man. their rack. Both of their Craig and Chance's racks, Vader cabs, 6505s, uh, RPA. Um, yeah. And we based, like, we got, like, you know, all of our stuff stolen, except for Alex's drums. Um, and then. And our guitars. Craig, Luckily, me and Craig. And, yeah, and the guitars. guitars. And this then Craig was like. This was. Uh, no, this was 2013 2012 in oh, between wow, okay. 2012 and 2013 yeah and um craig was like yeah he's you know he does he's out so then when craig left he was like the strong member the strongest member of the band like 
technically and like death metal wise and like he like definitely brought the band to a new level and like like maintained it and um and then chance had been getting into electronic music so this is kind of where chance um goes down a different road and basically like their stuff got stolen craig quit and chance was like well i think i'm just gonna do electronic music now i'm still down to like help out with like lyrics and ideas and you know we're not gonna not be friends or whatever um but uh chance and craig left at the same time and then alex on that because i've been thinking about stepping down as a guitar player for a while because it was just like getting really gnarly and all the new stuff that they were writing like craig wanted to record all the guitars on the first album and so i was like oh cool is that where you're gonna do it again and i just didn't have the technique to be a fucking a death metal shredder like I, I never really sat down and practiced all that much. Like if this was like a stoner sludge band, like I'd probably still be playing guitar for it. But I got to the point where I was just like live. I couldn't really have fun because I was worried about fucking up. And then when it came to like learn new songs for the tour, like it's just too hard for me because I never, I never got good at learning songs. So I'm like, fuck, like I, they should. Real I, quick, before you continue, I was just going to say um, you were a, the, the type of live guitar player that you were, you were very, very energetic guitar player. So I could see why you're saying like you you had uh, a a live aspect to you as an artist as well that you wanted to keep and the music might have been getting a little bit more gnarly for you to be getting down the way that you were because you were the fucking guy that was getting down dude you got down hard while you were playing all that shit and I was like whoa dude this this dude knows what's up so that's why i'm when i'm hearing you say that you didn't have the chops like you when you were out on the road with us dude i didn't see you fucking up yeah were you you fucking up while you were were, while you were getting down the way you were because i didn't see it i had gotten to the point with tour chops i was like i felt like i was pretty good like if we would have stayed consistently on tour i might not have felt like i wasn't what archaic needed as a guitar player but when we had those long breaks in between tours like I would lose the tour chops. I had to kind of get back to the place where I was, but also like Ivan was writing riffs and and then Ivan's and our Craig's riffs are super hard. And I just, I'm not good at sitting and looking at tabs and being like, okay, yeah, I can learn that. Like that shit was like, I'm just, I was like, they should probably get a guitar player that can like do that. Cause Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm not, I'm not that good. I'm, I'm lazy. Um, and I don't have the fucking chops that we need, but I still like everything else. Like I still like, like, our, our, like the other part of metamorph- metamorphic ignition that was my baby was all the in like psychedelic noise interludes like i was like my goal like isn't to leave archaic and i guess i'll say it on the podcast like i still consider myself a member of archaic like i'm still in archaic um but like i just me felt too like I that's to... why you're on this podcast right yeah. now like i and i didn't know craig was going to quit too so like i was like i'll step down as guitar player they'll have craig they can get somebody else that's like another craig and like that's what our well, yeah you left and then when craig when you left craig was like all right well i'm out yeah and i was like fuck like i didn't know that was gonna happen like because i was like if they have craig and they get another craig then like dude then sky's the fucking limit i'll like like still contribute riffs because I, I had some riffs on lucid dawn like one or two and but i like i was like i'm still down to do all the psychedelic noise in interludes i'm still down to like do and help out with all the lyrics and the conceptual ideas like i'm still down to be an archaic i just want to switch roles you know what i mean um, and from the outside looking in, it probably just looked like, oh, chance, like I quit, you know what I mean? But I've still been um, a part of every single album that they've put out in um, one dope, way dude. or another, you know, whether it's psychedelic noises and lyrics, um, you know, like Lucid Dawn, I had that whole, there's a whole 11 minute psychedelic, like fucking outro, you know, that I have, you know, I have like an 11 minute piece on Lucid Dawn, 
uh, um, and then and Nemethea, you know, like now that Jared's more into the lyrics, like I'm not writing them all. Me and him are clabbing super hard and like coming up with the stories because you know Jared's saying I I I was the first one to start really getting into books, but now Jared reads as many if not more books than me and is into all the same shit as me. So now we collab crazy hard on the story. Um, and when I would decide to get into electronic music, that kind of helped later on because now that just helped my sound design and like my keyboards and like like I think where Archaic's gonna keep going when it comes to all the other elements to add, like it's just gonna it's gonna it's just gonna get even cooler. That um, new album's gonna be like a lot, you know, we're gonna lean heavy into what we've kind of been doing, you know, more and more each album, but like this one we're gonna we've both of us have gotten better at production and like uh so we can really like make it the super crazy sonic experience and we really want to make tie everything in um like metamorphic ignition and this album's really technical whereas like lucid dawn was like uh i was like dude i want to do songs that like aren't so hard for everybody else in the band to play i have the easy job because i just do the screaming and stuff but like like why don't we do some songs where it's like not just like you know a full 45 to a minute run of blast beats like why don't we add some more groove and and I actually wrote some riffs on on that album too because I could still kind of play guitar um and I programmed all the drums for that album and then at the time so when when Chance left and or like you know stepped down for playing guitar and Craig left um it was me and Ivan and Alex and Alex was still down Ivan was still down and uh and so we needed to find two new guitar players and so Alex Bent's best friend Miguel was they were in a band before and I had moved up to Modesto um to be closer to like Ivan and um and Greg who we got another guitar player Greg that that joined so so I was able to like get two new guitar players that were really good into technical death metal like the they were like you know the level that we needed of player they're into the same stuff, like their style complemented what we were already doing. And um, so that was like the next like lineup. And that was uh, that was like we did like a tour with like Arsonist, Get All the Girls. And then we did a tour with like Psychroptic. And meanwhile, as these like tours are happening, um, as the and, and there's also like long breaks where we didn't tour, which sucked. And we all had to like find jobs. And like that's the hardest part of like being in a band is like being able to leave for a month. And so we were like, we're, we're all like trying to just make it work. And like, you know, that part of it sucked because we couldn't just be on tour all the time. We didn't have like a solid booking agent at the time. It was like Eric getting us like decent tours here and there. And then like us, like we hooked up with like a lower level booking agent and he like booked a, a couple tours. But, um, but Alex Bent, everybody started to, want Alex Bent to be their drummer all at the same time and uh so like I we we had to find fill-in drummer so we got like Ron Casey um from he was in Brain Drill like Inanimate Existence I don't think had been no it, yeah Inanimate Existence was a thing and Ron Casey came in and filled in for um the Psychroptic tour we did where the van broke on the first day like an hour into the first drive transmission totally shot um Ivan came from LA where he lived at the time to pick us up in his car and pull the trailer to LA where we put the trailer on Psychroptic's van and they towed the trailer around 
for and we were sharing gear so it was kind of a win-win but um i did an entire tour in a small forerunner car like uh with four dudes and then ron rode in kennedy Vale's van so like there was this the next stage was like lucid dawn miguel and greg um alex but he's not really that present in like the writing and stuff because he's on tour with decrepit birth he's on tour with battle cross um testament pulled him to do some shows so he's mm-hmm. like getting all these these big uh tours and he's like touring with battle cross a bunch so i had to kind of like figure out what to do with the drummer like how do we like i want alex in the band he's like one of the, like, the best drummer we could find and just a, and, such a nice guy like awesome to tour with like you yeah. know like great a great dude just to have as the team you know like yeah got to meet him when i when i when when my band transcend the realm opened for you guys at that slide bar show alex was super nice super super cool to talk to i think he had already joined trivium at that point so got to like congratulate him on that and he just yeah, he's left- probably gonna he's just gonna continually gonna be one of the humblest guys and yeah the he left scene. A, he's just yeah 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 he's like the humblest and the most hardworking too he's just like a good friend like he'll call me out of nowhere and just like just to talk and i'm like oh dude it's good to good to hear from you you know he's like moved to florida just like a little bit ago to Mm -hmm. to uh get the the airplane hangar studio thing going for trivium and and uh they like really need him over there so like i think alex deserves that more than anybody and trivium gets the benefit of having them in in uh having him in the band but that was a hard part because Alex was being, uh, you know, getting all these tours, like he toured with Angel Vivaldi and like, and then, so I had to find a, a drummer. Um, and then, uh, then we did a couple tours. We did like Synchroptic and we put out Lucid Dawn and then we put out um, Nemathea in 2017, did a couple more tours and then, um, yeah, and then that's kind of like, you know, not too long ago. And um, we've had a, that Miguel, you know, joint, like started a family, like got a really good job. So he couldn't tour, which sucked. But um, like a lot of, like even Ivan, Ivan eventually left because he got a really good job and um, had a family. Had a family. And uh, yeah, dude, I mean, I, that's one of the reasons why I stopped touring because started making humans. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and, uh, rightly so. Like you gotta be, you, you can't just like, you know, leave and tour. I mean, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, the so. one that, the one that I did with you guys, I had already had my, my first born. He was nine months when I left and then I came back when he was 10 months and I noticed right the difference just from nine to 10 months. And I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to miss any more of this, you know? Yeah. So, and with, with death metal, like you really got to like get on a good booking agency or work extra, extra hard to get a return on your investment. Cause there's, you know, so many bands that like that want to do it, but it's just hard to make a living. Um, if you're not constantly out there all the time grinding, you know what I mean? It's definitely possible. You can do it and people do do it. And I think the you know I'm not not to try to say oh you can't make money being in a touring death metal band but it's um it's a grind that if you have a family that it's it kind of takes priority it's kind of a one or the other like if you don't have like humans to cultivate you could probably put in the work but if you want to cultivate a death metal band that's 
or cultivate humans. You, it's kind of like my, but it doesn't really, I don't really stray from my, my core drive of doing this in the first place, which is art is first. So it's like, as long as I'm creating, I'm, 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 I'm feeding that side of me that needs to be fed and I could still go to work every day and raise my children, be there enough, you know, obviously having to work, but that's since I have to work, I want to double down and make sure that I'm around in other ways, you know, and other times. And um, so as long as I'm just creating, then it's all good, dude. I just need to keep making shit. That's it. I don't, I mean, performing is great, dude. Like that, that's a whole different thing. And it's a, it's a great feeling to be up there and I will do it again for sure. Obviously we, none of us can right now, but yeah. um, no doubt I'll never stop doing that. But it's just like anything that'll, that'll pull me away from what I'm doing right now too much, unless it's ridiculous money, which come on now, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so it's just like we'll do we'll do some stuff eventually when we can. All I heard from that is make me an offer. Yeah, hey, <laughs> someone out there. It, it, I, I, there is a number. There is a number. Yeah. Well, um, I just wanted to say, yeah. uh, I didn't realize chance that you did all the the like sound design, but I just recently like got super high and listened to the Lucid Dawn outro, and I love the Terrence McKenna Alan Watts mashup there. It's so good. And, yep. and we kind of do that in, in Transcend the Realm. We, I don't know if we like ripped you off or whatever, but we also have like <laughs> long outros. Like I actually think End Time Begins might be the first death metal band that or album that, that did something like that. But they've kind of evolved to now have like intelligible, you know, sound bites and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that's a really good one. Like the Reclaim Your Mind. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it adds to the experience of, falling asleep to it and or whatever you know listening to it and it just yeah you can listen takes to you somewhere beyond the dudes. death metal you know so either one of those guys you can listen to for i can listen to for hours yeah. i can listen to both terrence and alan talk for however long i want right oh yeah well that was the other thing we tried to do too though is we wanted to take the listener on experience because like i was really influenced by albums like dark side of the moon that like from start to finish there's no space in between it's this journey and in between songs there's like this these cinematic experiences or like another big one that like warped my brain backwards was like mars volta and like like francis the mute that mm-hmm. every interlude in between francis the mute it's like it's a it's a whole experience it's like a shout mute. out to trevor where is he at joel he, i actually just ran into him uh in the hallway in his boxer shorts tell him we're talking about his favorite mars volta <laughs> album right now dude yeah so that's oh, no, he actually for- got me into that yeah yeah i mean he showed he's he's basically that's a band that i've always been kind of not given a fair shake and uh there's been a couple times where he francis or the the mute what was it francis, francis the mute or something? Mute. yeah yeah he was like dude you gotta fucking check it out that was like we were you know playing pool and just going like damn it's actually fucking pretty like legit prog like yeah i don't know it's like it's totally legit but anyways keep going i didn't but yeah that's what we always wanted to do too is we wanted to create a whole experience you know what i mean that was not just like nine songs and in between, you know, nothing like a whole from start to finish, like you, you start, you don't want to listen to the album unless you listen to the whole thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, you know, and that's like any band can do that too. They're that doesn't there. work anymore in 2020. This is all about singles, Spotify, you know, the, the <laughs> yeah. industry's changed, brother. You can't, can't just put out albums. Nobody buys physical, bro. This is not how it happens. <laughs> nope. 
It's fucking to-go packets, bro. That's all yeah, it is. Yeah. We could have been. We got small sound, thirty-second sound bites that you can download uh, for one Bitcoin <laughs> <Ringtones>. each. <laughs> ringtones. Yeah. Having our ringtones, bro. I know. We got ringtone. We take Bitcoin for a ringtone. Ringtone. Does Does Archaic have a TikTok? No, we, we don't. Get, we no. take a bit tone for a ring twing. Dude, my favorite new bell band was bit tones. <laughs> nice. Fuck yeah. Oh, man. So, so yeah, it, I mean, uh, we're kind of current right now. I mean, what do you, is there anything that you guys feel like you left out on this? I mean, that's the big, that's the big scoop. That's the origin story. And like yeah. basically and everything up till till now um i've got a couple you know we we found a solid drummer which is like thank god like that's the hardest thing to find is somebody who like doesn't have popcorn feet with their double bass and like can can play like you know up to par and stuff um so we we just went um i flew up to seattle and our guitar player alex did too and seattle's where nathan lives nathan bigelow is our drummer and um, he just shredded, he just shredded through that whole album. And we just kind of got to be there and kind of be like, oh, try, what if you tried this? Or like, like I heard something like, you could do that that part better. And, and kind of just, we haven't hung out. Like we were supposed to go to Europe and then uh, for the first time and then COVID happened. I'm sure we would have done some more tours this year with our album was supposed to come out. We were supposed to record it in April, um, but the studio was you know, locked down. And um, so like everything got put on hold. I like got all the wind taken out, out of my sail. And I was just like, felt no urgency to, to do anything. Cause I couldn't, I literally couldn't do anything. Um, like, uh, yeah. So, so the year, I mean, for all musicians has been rough. Um, but with that being said, we did get into the studio. We recorded all the drums, almost all the guitars are done um ivan is gonna play play bass on it um nice, dude yeah and then uh i just i just got a new mic so i'm gonna put that baby to use and record all the vocals here and um we're Chance gonna get been working on the lyrics with them yeah we yeah we got about three songs worth of lyrics we got pretty much the whole story mapped out and this is gonna be a part of a three-part album series of stories um, so we're going to take the story and basically chop it into thirds um, and each, and he's already got, I don't, I don't know if I, I should spill the beans on the artwork. Yeah, uh, you can't. Right, so I won't. But basically we're going to, we're going to take this, the, this part of the story, chop it into a three album epic. So. Yeah. A, a so trilogy. A second. Yeah. yeah. It's the second trilogy now. Yeah. It's trilogy yeah. number two. Cause Metamorph, Lucid Dawn and. Nemethea yeah, were, yeah, yeah. were the trilogy and that kind of like built everything up and introduced all the characters and uh like each album kind of introduced a little bit more of the story and yeah. it's kind of all it's almost like all a prequel for like what's happening now yeah if well if, if it was like a series of books right the first three would be individual stories right like that, that would be like within the same universe yeah like no like it would be yeah. it would have been it would have been like you know they, they'd have been their own book this next mm -hmm. one are, is actually, it's going to be, we're going to be re-releasing three chapters or, or whatever it is, eight chapters per album of, a, of the novel. So you're going to get okay. a piece of the novel, a piece of the novel, and by the and then on the third one, you're going to get the last bit of the whole novel. 
So it's nice, going to be better. We're like chopping the story up into. And I'll be oh, 40. Of- and then I'll be 40. <laughs> <laughs> By that time. That's the goal. So we, we're long term planners. Well, dude, yep. you, hey, 40 is the new, what? Yeah. 40 is the new 30 or whatever. Yeah. yeah time, bro. Yeah. Dude, there's, there's plenty of dudes in their 50s that are still rocking it, dude. So we're yeah. all good. Yeah, metal um, rock. You could go as as well, long as you rock can possibly it is a, do it. a general term. I meant like just rock, whatever. Um, just drink water, stay hydrated. Exactly. Yes, all vitamins, dude. vitamins, vitamins. Yeah. We don't actually know what like the upper age limit is of of like death metal because we're just hitting it now. Like, yeah, Pete is still playing for Terrorizer, right? Yep. So. It's crazy. But look yeah. at every band that we never thought we'd hear from again that's having like comebacks. Like we're in an age where like you could have been a '90s band that like had a hit and 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 then fell off the face of the earth. That there's a whole new generation of people that are like, we love that shit. And then you can go and fucking tour before COVID hit. Like 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 the fucking casino circuit was a thing. Like Stain and Mighty Mighty Bostones <laughs> yeah. came out of nowhere. They're all t- all these bands are touring again. Yeah. You know, like I want to go see Real Big Fish Stain and. Uh, um, you know, uh, flogging Molly at uh, the <laughs> casino. <laughs> I wonder. So, so you know, some some bands are gonna like be that in like that, you know, and like be those legendary bands or legacy bands that like like still play. Like, there's you know, they're gonna be on the big rock metal festival next year if that happens. Um, but like, think about how many bands were like kind of doing shit and like they're on track and and like shit's going for them and then covid hits and like think about how many bands won't survive this period like somebody will get married or somebody will start a family or like the main person is just like well maybe i've kind of been wanting to check out and this is the perfect time to do it so the band like like there's gonna be a lot of bands who don't make it don't ever make another album because of this huge like roadblock right and on top of that too like all the venue closures like that's going to be detrimental Mm -hmm. like that's that's a huge deal that's like the number one thing that scares me is is all the venue like well all the like i mean there's there's you know there's chain reaction just closed like two weeks ago that's like a legendary chain got saved though i think i know they were trying to save it did they save it i think they saved it okay cool that's awesome well i think when the demands a lot of venues are down yet. or we could all we could all hash a bunch of money together and, and right now after covid we could just get the pound reopened you know? <laughs> dude the last time i checked it was a uh i've been like there a, i was there a plant store it's a plant right? place yeah, yeah i walked through it it was a that was it was a fucking trip it's like uh, all the the outdoor stage area is just a bunch of plants and wow. it just still has that sliding door in the in that outdoor stage area yeah. and you walk into the plant store which is the pound and you're wow. just like what the fuck just go check it i mean if it's back open, I don't know. Go check it out. It's, Cargo way off Third Street. Yep, Take the yep. Cesar Chavez exit. Just don't when you're leaving. Don't make a left. Make a right. Don't go through Hunter's Point. <laughs> but you know, you know what though? I think, I think, uh, like when music does come back and um, we're allowed to gather in large groups and hug each other and mosh around and sweat, um, whenever that is, I think that the demand will will come back and like just like economics like some guy who like just you know killed it in shopify stocks is going to be like well i got the money to start a venue so let's call it this and you know totally. if the demand's there and people want to go to shows like, i don't think that that 
the venues like some venues are going to die and never come back right but there'll be a like, bunch of new sure. ones but yeah like how i mean you could just you know somebody just needs to buy the building and then the demands there and then you know yeah. the the business the building, the building will be cheaper because of covid everything will yeah. you know like the be people more that like wanted a... to start venues before covid they started venues so post covid the people that want to start venues are going to be able to start venues again but yeah. jared had another interesting point like as a band and a musician not that it's necessarily a competition or anything but it's going to be a whole different playing field um, totally. for whoever wants to keep it going after covid like you know what i mean it's like it's kind of like like who 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 who's gonna want who, who's gonna be there still doing it you know like is that gonna make yeah. more opportunities for the people that keep it going because yes. the playing field's gonna have more, less people in it you know like I that's kind so. of an interesting thing too yeah totally i i was i was just thinking when you were saying that like yeah it's like um it levels the playing field almost it like uh um uh, like i was comparing it in my head when you were talking to like when i bought my house in 2011 the the market was super low. I got in because of the market being low. Well, there's going to be a lot of people going to, going to take advantage of opportunities as soon as they come. And it's going to be in the live music industry as well. So I I think that there will be an interesting bounce back. I don't know how it's going to be. There's going to be new versions. There's going to be new versions of all the places that we've talked about tonight, you know? they're it, for the next generation they're gonna have their showcase theater they're gonna have the pound it's gonna be there there's no way that underground music is gonna be you know pushed out of of the market of live music because of this one other thing that's that's kind of on the same tangent is that um like the two like the way that musicians like let's say like a really popular band uh, like their lifestyle and their schedule is like really bad for mental health you know like so many musicians I know like stop touring or they you know like it, like it's just it's not like sustainable like being on tour 9 10 11 months a year something like that like you can't have a life it's like not good for, it's like like you don't need to tour that much and then since um, COVID happened it's like other things have like now live streaming is much more of a acceptable thing like you can have a home entertainment experience now with your favorite band they're selling tickets and you can get i missed it i missed it and i'm i'm super bummed bungle just did one for halloween dude i'm like fuck man i wish i had time to watch that they only do it for like three days after you can do it though that's what sucks it's like one thing about these live stream things like i wish they would like let it go longer or maybe even you like buy the motherfuckers so well, Ch- chance it. came over for uh you were over here for that pussifer thing yeah that, that, they fucking killed it that yeah, was that like was oh badass. my god jesus like they there's a just a huge art piece they created just you know with the, the, them playing and stuff like that and i was like i was sitting there just like you know not really the biggest pussifer fan and walked out of that going like holy shit these guys are fucking killing right now like this is they're probably the top of the you know the internet age with the uh, post you know covid stuff like that going they, they're killing it that's like the the coolest thing i've seen a band do and now the bar is there now mm-hmm. so yeah. now it's like now other bands have to like really come through and like i mean you have to really try to do something different and cool you have to be creative you have to use that part of your brain to try to like adapt and overcome you know that was Maybe. cool about uh the suicide silence thing dude with yeah. DK doing a different show every night. See, that's that's what's cool. They had access to uh, uh, a stage that they were able to set up and stream 
from every single night and then they set up all these like other things that, that were like perks it, it that that is exciting about the current times that's all i'm saying yeah well yeah. maybe it can help mitigate the insanity of touring like all, like all the time and like, yeah, like that they can go home to lifestyle. their families if they had a family like yeah, maybe they don't have family. to tour so much to make a living if they can make as much money on one live stream show that the whole world can attend other and you know in between a more healthy touring schedule that gives them the ability to like have a life besides like just night after night you know not that there's anything wrong with that or that's not cool or anything well, yeah no once everything gets back to normal obviously the best thing to do is go to a live show but you could still have that option of like yeah yeah you still have that cool different option to do something digital or do something you know because we have this ridiculous technology on you know at our fingertips now where mm -hmm. we could you know do what we're doing right now like you know high definition six people talking at the same time you know yeah. like you can take that and do something creative with it and yeah it's been impressive to see what you know what's coming from that totally yeah. dude um so, so yeah see, an archaic live stream is what you're saying yeah, yeah. So it's it's gonna be at a in that room that Jared's in right now, Casey's old room. Yeah, the historical uh, death metal house of Santa. So Cruz. which way? Oh, so you're in Casey's old room, okay? So I'm walking down the hall. I turn right to go in there, correct? Yep. All right. So no, no, no. That I, I'm in like the room that's connected to the living room. Yeah. So you oh, walk in, you're make in a, the big room. You walk in, and make a right, was, right? Oh, to me that was Josh's room. That's you Josh's go, room. It's Josh's yeah, room. Yeah, he's in Josh's yeah. room, the biggest room. Little throwback on the whole situation. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I, I used to. Uh, I mean, decrepit. That that house was like is basically the most death metal house in Santa Cruz by far. There was one memory that I have where uh, animosity is practicing in the living room. Brain drills practicing in uh, not not your guys's room, but the room across the hall. And then Odious is practicing in my room at the same time. Like, I remember yeah. just going, like, walking to go take a piss and just saw, it's like so much, like, <laughs> like so many, like, riffs at once. I was like, Jesus Christ, this isn't, I just sat there in the middle of the hall, I remember, and just like sat there and just soaked it in for a second. Like, this is insane, dude. Yeah. Like, it is pretty wild to think about it now. Like, but you didn't think about, I mean, yeah, you're saying in the moment you felt that, like, at that time, and you'd have those little moments and stuff, but really it's just like, then you just snap back into it and you got to go do what you got to do. Got to go yeah, get on the microphone, got to go get on the bass, got to go get on the guitar and was fucking do it. someone from Animosity living in the house or is it? No, so uh, we were good friends with uh, Chase and um, they Naveen. had a drummer. Naveen too. Yeah, Naveen, Naveen and Chase. And they had actually, well, the, at the time, Naveen couldn't do a tour or something. And uh, they had a drummer they were trying out. Um, I forget his name. Fuck, he's going to kill me. Uh but yeah, super good drummer. Um, and he was just like, he was basically just drove down from LA or something, was like trying to learn the songs like uh, three days before leaving for two or learning animosity songs. And they were just like, kind of just like, I could tell they were in full stress mode, just like, fuck, we got to get this done. And so they were just like going through and, you know, yelling at each other and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> that was uh, definitely, yeah, that was, I've had some, especially just, at that house is, you know, the Mr. Bungle. I've had Trey from Mr. Bungle be there and just hanging out. And I was like, he left and they're like, oh, like, who is that? They're like, oh, it's Trey from Mr. Bungle. I'm like, that house has brought so many random musicians in and, you know, and parties you just walk and stuff in like there that. And, uh, the guitar player from, or no, the Seamus and guitar player from 
a stratosphere shredding on a fucking yeah, he's doing Yngwie guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And she's like, exactly. oh, okay. There's yeah. a million memories in that What's house. What's going man. on, dudes? And they were talking about uh, ripping it down. And actually, Jared and uh, his girlfriend, Shara, like, made that aware. And, uh, you know, a bunch, bunch of us got on this, like, uh, this, uh, this group call to, like, try to, like, save it. And uh, Carrie, I was, like, waiting forever. I was at work. And I finally had to hang up. And Carrie said he got on and, and spoke to save that house. But that house is pretty fucking legendary. And yeah, Casey's yeah. actually, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Casey's Casey, Josh, David. Those those are the original three. Yeah. Think of that house, right, Casey? Of the yeah. furniture dome? Yeah, we found it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how did you find yeah. it? So you guys are on uh what was it, Yosemite? Is that what it is? What was the first house? The for original Oh, Younger was... Way. Younger Younger. Way. Why am I saying it? Oh. why? Yeah, um, yeah. so then yeah. you guys are moving out of there and then that how'd you guys find the furniture dome? Oh, just like looking Craig, in the classifieds or some shit or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, dude, that was a great find, dude. Cause there's been tons of fucking memories there. there yeah. Plenty of podcasts for that place, dude. I know. <laughs> totally. It's a little Santa Cruz fucking pound. <laughs> yeah, dude. Did we ever actually perform? Like, did we ever have like, no, no we only had the party shows at the first Thunderdome. The Thunderdome. Yeah. Yeah. Back but I day. went to a, house shows at the furniture dome in the interim period when when riley and chantel lived there yeah oh, okay. some shows there yeah what kind of what kind of bands are playing uh more like like black metal-y doom metal-y like that side yeah not like tech but you know yeah yeah but uh yeah. sounds like it's uh maybe time to yeah i think we should probably should Wrap this in. How long? We've probably been going for two and a half or something like We're that. Two yeah. and a half. Yeah. It's yeah. A good, good length if you made it this yeah, far. Dude. Thanks. Totally. For... This is fucking great. Oh, dude. hold on. We'll just, we'll, we got one. We got a couple of questions from the fans. Oh, yeah. We didn't even get to anything, dude. Yeah. Okay, there, there's it. just a few questions this time. So if you guys are down, yeah. uh, JD Letris says, What makes the perfect death metal song? What does the ideal sonic embodiment? of what death metal is look slash sound like to you like two <laughs> questions so first perfect death metal song what makes the perfect death metal song that's hard that's hard i mean you guys are oh, i'm muted <laughs> it's called chronos <laughs> listen to the last chronos album <laughs> yeah that's yeah just uh brutality a certain level of high oh, yeah. brutality certain level of groove precision um, some solo sauce in there, uh, brutal vocals, um, yeah, good riffs and song structure that makes sense. Yeah. What do you how think? About the, how about the? Yeah, go ahead, Chance. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, like uh, good songwriting, memorable riffs, um, a solo that like makes you feel something. Uh, I would say like fucking solid vocals that are like not too far one side or the other like not too goofy burp metal um but like got power behind them um yeah and just precision a good recording um and precision playing and a powerhouse drummer like there's a lot of dudes that can play death metal but like it's easy to do death metal by numbers you know what i mean but like a fucking powerhouse drummer that has chops flavor that's just that that his playing is just as interesting as the rest of the fucking 
um, band. So totally, I think dude. you got to throw a fucking a, a powerhouse drummer. Um, like a Casey some Howard style. or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now nah, John Longstreth. <laughs> John Longstreth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about how I like this question? What is the ideal sonic embodiment of what death metal is? Look or sound like to you? But let's go with the look like because that's the more interesting. I don't know. In my head, I was always just like the fucking the the Pantera, the dudes in the sneakers with long hair and like cut off shorts and just the fucking. That was like <laughs> what I wanted to embody live. When Anthony was like, "You got down and rocked out live," I was like. That was like you really did, dude. That one, but I, you know, now that I know your new metal background from doing this podcast, like you had some <laughs> new metal moves too, dude. Sure. But that was like, <laughs> you had the hop, you had the hop, dude. I did, I did that. My feet were squarely planted. You <laughs> <laughs> had cement shoes on, <laughs> but I, but yeah, you get, but that's what the, the music always made me want to move around. Like, even when, like, when yeah. I started raving, I was like, I'll dance. I music just makes me want to fucking move, so like. It was just so, a natural thing. But yeah, I know that, like, if you can, that's the sonic, that's the visual embodiment for me of metal or death metal. It's just fucking hair flying. I don't know. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah. Totally, totally. Dude. I mean, there was, like, a visual element just going to, like, the pound when we were kids, like, and you're trying to figure out your identity, kind of. You're like, yeah. you see that one kid, you're all, damn, dude, those are sick camo shorts, dude. I need those. You know, <laughs> I, you know I, if there's one person who, like, embodies it, I don't know if you guys have... Um, seen aborted before but spin from aborted yeah, yeah he he's like it he's like the embodiment of that yeah yeah and then Definitely. like suffocations um uh what's the ep called that they did human despise life the sun. despise, or despise the sun that's kind of what it sounds like to me or yeah. like one of my big like like describing it like that yeah i would have to say thrones of blood i mean or <laughs> yeah or uh fucking um what's that song off of destroy the opposition is it pissing the mainstream that dun 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 oh yeah yeah like just that yeah just that 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 would mean like like crisp fucking piccolo snare fucking bright toms nice chunky riffs and fucking groove that fucking like Maybe even like if you want to throw another band in the mix, I would say Discourge. Discourge was the yeah. visual element. All yeah, those yeah. With long hair, so just, like just dropping. Just yeah, yeah. But also, yeah, you know. And then the then, but then from the other side, the stage. Like if you ever see saw a crowd at a Discord show, like there you there was not impossible not to get turned into hamburger and a fucking Discord <laughs> pit. Like there was not one point in a Discord show for an hour and a half or however long they played where people were not just fucking each other up dude like that's like even as uh, in any other genre of music even my electronic music like i want to make the fucking dance floor turn upside down the way disgorge or even to violently vomit made the t- dance floor turn upside down i've only seen that happen in a few other bands and and even then disgorge just had this energy and this vibe that it was groovy but it was fucking brutal at the same time like it dark was dark as fuck yeah but it was fast but it was also yeah. groovy fast like they had this fast groove and then when they fucking do like those two and a half bars of chunk because they'd always like and then you're like where'd the chunk go like that would just make people like fucking murder each other but like yeah yeah oh yeah so disgorge dude that's that's everything the way they sound the way they look and the way they make people feel that's my answer Oh, you get me go punk. I'm gonna probably go play with Diego again 
hopefully next week or something. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys were cool. We'd always hang out with Ed. Um, he would always oh, yeah. come on our shows at Jumping Turtle. Yeah. He was another dude that we would like, we made friends with back in our coming up days and we'd pick his brain and he'd give us advice. Um, so I, I don't know if he's still in Discord, um, but Ed, shout out to Ed because he was he was a homie. Um, yeah, he'll listen, oh, yeah. dude. He he he's listening to the, this podcast. Yeah. Shout out to Ed. Last time I saw you, brother, we were in front of the castle in Disneyland, dude. Kicking it. That's right. right by the churro pictures. stand, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Watching our kids fucking run around for a second while we talk death metal for like twenty minutes, and then <laughs> later, brother. All right. The the only other. Uh, comment was please ask chance to freestyle oh shit you have to shit. you have to give him a you have to feed the algorithm so you have to give him like some topics like you know three three like, words or something three yeah three concepts uh, well, okay, like, I, aerpl- like an airplane um a chameleon chameleon and uh, well what if I, I okay but the thing is this is on a podcast so if it really sucks like if i'm at a party like everyone's gonna forget about it but like this will this is gonna be on the internet forever so if it's like lame well, the last time you actually freestyled at a party joel put it on the internet so and it, it kills matter and it kills. <laughs> this this got to be acapella though because i don't know if i could like beat but if that'll be no it'll be there'll you. be a delay will there oh we man could, that's gonna be hard uh, okay, what if I do the thing that Casey does? I'll wait a little bit, and then can you just cut it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can. We can all right. do that. All right, just this could the- be the potential right. ending of the episode. You are, right you here. Want to, do you want me to wrap watching. up the podcast right now, just in case? <laughs> is, is, is this how we're going to? Cl- I just go to take a breath, and it ends. Yeah, this is how we close it out. This is how we close out the podcast. Yeah, we're going to close it out right now. So if, yeah. uh, it ends now. Sick. We'll be here next week. If not, oh, yeah. Chance, you're going to kill it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks, dudes, for coming on. It was super fun picking your Fuck brains, yeah. hearing that story. So fun to just hear, like, I mean, you're the first band that we brought on that's, like, more my generation. So it's, like, I'm more in your guys' headspace when thinking about forming bands, looking up to Decrepit, looking up to Odious. Like, so it's just fun to fucking hear it from another perspective. Yeah, dude. There's dozens of us, I swear. And that's that's to wrap just to kind of go in with what i had already said in the beginning a little bit the reason why you guys are on this in the beginning is because we kind of i saw you guys coming up right behind us and really saw the potential in you guys then and then when you showed me like after the the amount of time that i had been away that you really had been doing your work dude then it made me pay attention you know it made me pay attention. So now I'm a lifelong fan. I'm a lifelong homie. And that's why we wanted you on this shit. Chance, I love you, brother. I'm glad you came on this too. Jared, sick to fucking have you on. And uh, yeah, dude. I mean, I don't even, we're kind of unscheduled for next week, but don't worry. We'll have somebody. <laughs> we got options. We got, we, got, we got options. We're just working out the schedule. That's it. Don't got anybody to announce yet. If you you, you want to have suggestions or whatever, yeah, let us know. Totally, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Actually, do we have a place that people can hit us up that we can tell them? the Instagram or the Facebook page. Instagram or Facebook page. Okay, cool, yeah. Cali Death Podcast, check it out. And uh, sick Chance. Thanks thanks for having us, guys. All right, Chance, close close it out, dude. Close us out, Chance. Thank us. Thanks for having us on. Uh, it was an honor too. Um, so uh, here goes nothing.
Let me sum it up. Talking about archaic coming up. Say, we need a badass drummer. Then you leave the band in that. It's a fucking bummer. And then, you know, I sit down on my knees and say a prayer. Can we get another fucking badass guitar player? And uh, just to say it, we did, because Craig hit us up and then was in our band. And let me tell you, it was hard to understand. Someone with those kind of hands that was like they were on fire, motherfucker, was twisting those screws like he was made of pliers and we weren't even tired we kept on running it was like we was in the army and we was gunning we was stunning we was trying to be as good as the people we was in front of and we would play at the showcase theater like getting chased by a cheetah but we're a bright purple zebra they were like check us out we're gonna be the future we're gonna tear up in your face and so back up with some sutures yo and give it to you we did it the best that we could we put it to the test and we stood in front of the four course meal said I want that I want that I want that I'm gonna steal a little bit of that a little bit that a little bit I'm gonna put it in my wrists play till I am stiff and hopefully everyone likes my shit so then we got signed it blew our fucking minds but then we did the same to the people that were listening listening to the things that we weren't missing so we put cool shit in the lyrics did a lot of acid you could probably fucking hear it then we met Summer and we did some demos tried to be sick from the get-go but it was kind of lame at first but then when our bubble was burst, we weren't tame, not the worst. Then we made an album, Reflections Within Dissonance. Uh, yeah, it was so good, maybe you want to kiss a bitch. Then we did our second album, Metamorphognition, and it was pretty badass if you give it a listen. It had some wild shit going on underneath the covers. It was like fucking all your favorite bitches and making them your lovers. It was a little psychedelic, uh, a little wild, and like childs that just got birthed and to a helmet, I don't know, that didn't rhyme. But <laughs> after that, I was like, don't wanna be a guitar player. I wanna do other shit. So you guys find someone else that can shred really legit, but I still wanna help write the lyrics. If you read them, you can probably hear it. So I don't fear it when people know that I just changed positions. If you give it a listen, I'm on all the other albums. So there's something there to salvage. So I hope you like what I did. Uh, this one's for the kids. Uh, I love you, you, you. I don't really know you, but you seem pretty legit. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. That shit ain't getting cut at all. Not at all. Not even. Was, Some of that shit sounded uh, scripted, though. I, I don't know. No, it's not. Dude. Jesus, <laughs> he Jesus actually wrote right, it man. before the podcast. Everything yeah. he said was totally yes. informed so he could. He screened that question. That. <laughs> I, did, well, I have a crystal ball that I look into, and I'm like, they're going to make me freestyle about uh, everything that I just said. <laughs> no, dude, that was that was great, no, dude. I, I'm I'm obviously kidding. Yeah, that was fucking <laughs> yeah, was amazing, dude. dude. It was more than we could ask for, dude. That was awesome. All right, way good. to way to end this shit, dude. Cali Death wait, Podcast. Well, oh, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So super sick surprise. Um, we, <laughs> I had to, I had to, uh, I couldn't do the podcast without like throwing in this, um, this curveball. So I got some sick content to show you guys. Um, okay. So here it comes. Let me see if I can share my screen if I'm allowed to. Let's... Go for it. Oh, oh God. <laughs> no, was that you? Oh, my God. It was you guys. I knew it was you guys. Because there was a... Oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> you guys have no idea what's happening right now. Oh, my God. So, th so this was on my car the other day. This is a magnet they put on my car. I was like, what the fuck? Who the fuck would have done that? I don't, but then, but then a couple, a couple days later, it was a, another like a package I got and I saw it was on the can our security system. It was someone from the hospital. So I was like, all right. It's We've gotta been be pranking Shara. Joel this whole time, fucking with him. And we put this <laughs> magnet on his car. 
Oh so you can't God. you can't really see, but yeah. So I the mystery it, the mystery came out. James Walsh. Unfolds, dude. It was either James Walsh. <laughs> there it is, guys. <laughs> it was either James Walsh or it was Shira. Is what I thought. Okay, well, did at you least leave I it had on, it. dude. You no, because I mean, what, what was that Friday Friday night? Or when did you put that on? Thursday. I've been well, driving uh, with that thing for a while. But. Yeah, he was driving around with that on. <laughs> it was Shara's idea, I think, right? But hold on. This mask right here. <laughs> I get, they gave me this mask. They sent in a package for me, too. And I was like, who the fuck is taking this time to do all this? Like, I don't get, like, I don't get where this is coming from. But I saw someone on the security camera that had a hospital uniform on. And I was like, I think share a hospital. All right. <laughs> you cleared it up right now. <laughs> Did you wear that mask, too? You gotta wear that mask. No, you guys, got, you guys mask got me. Please. Ask Trevor. You actually got me. I was like, dude, what the fuck? I was like tripping out. Like, who's someone mad at me? Or what's like, what's going on? Like, I, like you literally got someone in my head. Someone mad at me. You got me. Cheers, oh, yeah. man. Been Cheers. Drank. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. All right, guys. Oh, yeah. Well, right, rock guys. on, dude. Have a good uh, night. Yeah, dude. Cali Death Podcast episode five in the bag dude. we'll be here next week yeah, again guys. and we, we will have you either one of you guys back on whenever you want dude you guys come back sure. and hang out with us no like anytime you want dude for sure yeah always oh yeah. yeah and we'll eventually kick it in person soon too yep most awesome. definitely all right do it all right peace rock peace. on everybody later, later guys peace <laughs>